The year is 2020. A wasteland and a field of ruin have destroyed our mana bases. There is but one solution, one way to save the metagame. Brave souls working for the benefit of us all. Welcome to the Astrolab. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Astrolab, the only podcast on the internet that everyone see, wants to seem to ban these days. Uh, yeah, pretty much it, yeah. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Joe Dyer, and with me, as always, is Mr. Scott Campbell. How are you doing tonight, Scott? Oh, cool, I rolled a natural 20. Oh, hey, Joe, what's yeah. up? I'm just practicing my uh, my D20 die rolls. Uh, we'll obviously be getting to that later as far as why I'm doing that. Um, I... I I reached level 90 of Jumanji. I mean, um, <laughs> mag- Magic Arena. I'm at 84, so the, I'm doing the, okay. You're at 84? Yeah. Okay. So, um, should be good by the time yeah, one... that mastery goes up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, you definitely got more in like five or six yeah. days. Um, at least from the time that we're recording. Now, in the future, the time's already elapsed. and Well, time's just a construct and whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, after I did that, I'm like, sweet, delete all the decks. <laughs> so I just went through and systematically deleted all the decks I didn't want. And I'm like, all right, what can I build from Historic with what I have without depleting every single um, wild card in here? And I'm like, okay, cool. I got an L's deck built. And um, I, Blue-White, of course. Um, right. Yeah, actually, it's, it said a couple days, was it Monday maybe? I think it was Monday when I logged in and finished my last three levels. It's like, cast 40 blue or green creatures, or no, just cast 40 creatures. And I'm like, Murpho. <laughs> play. Just just continue hitting play. And I'm like, oh, did it. Um, yeah, so that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, other than that, uh, things are going okay. The announcements... And the video, all the things we're going to talk about, holy cow, like... Yeah, there's a lot this week. Um, it, it, it is, and yesterday was so... Um, I, I was exhausted from yesterday, not just from the all the announcement stuff, the Zendikar stuff, the video that Blake did, the, the four-panel thing that he did on Twitch. Right. Um, which, I'm not a fan of those because it's like... You could answer some questions without being like uber secretive. Like mm-hmm. we'll get to more of those things that I I want answered later. Um, and then last night, um, my Reds got pub stomped sixteen to two, Oof. and I'm like, that's it. I'm done. I, I'm I'm done. Like <laughs> I've spent, I've spent most of the last twenty years, at the very least, uh, hoping. And watching and paying attention and being invested and going to Dragons games with my family and all that stuff. uh, Hoping to see a championship. And I am tired of seeing this team that is the, quote, oldest professional franchise play like they're a new expansion team. Mm -hmm. They spend $160 million in the offseason and... You're going to tell me that during a pandemic, 
that the team that can't even follow pandemic protocol is going to come in and beat you 16 to 2? Right. Like the, the Cardinals the Cardinals have the most banners in the National League, not the Reds. The Reds should have that. Because again, they're the oldest professional franchise. Right. But yeah, just just when when a sport is ran as a business instead of ran as a sport, that's one thing, uh, or that's one reason why it happens. When you have analytics uh, impacting the field of play instead of I don't know playing baseball, like the the Reds aren't. They used to be a team that's like, all right, a couple guys get on with a single or a double or whatever, and then we drive them in, not necessarily with the home run. But in the last like decade, it oh we gotta develop these guys so we 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 hit home runs. It's got to be uh, a home run, a walk, or a strikeout. That those are the the three things that you should do as a batter. And I'm just like, I'm like I'm tired of fighting it. I'm tired of posting on Facebook. I'm tired of posting on Twitter. I'm try- tired of listening to sports talk shows. Trying to share my thoughts and join the conversation. I. I'm just done. <laughs> and what really, what really pisses me off is that all the people out there who are uh, who hate baseball and are pro football to the point that they will watch all football to where four of the seven days of the week are consumed by football. I mean, there's only three left to do everything else, such as spend time with your family and etc 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 right being responsible all that stuff right they spend so much time consuming football and it's like they're gonna get their way go go sports Uh, this pan yeah this pandemic will not impact them at all they'll be able to sit down well unless they're watching big 10 football but let's be honest those who watch at least ohio state buckeyes will watch other college teams um but they'll be able to consume their sport, and this pandemic didn't Im- impact them one damn bit. And it's not fair. It's just, it's not fair. So that's why I'm done. I'm, I tweet out to the Reds. I'm like, until you get above 500, I'm done. Not watching, not tweeting, don't care. Done. <laughs> and it, I, I, I have been a lifelong Reds fan. My, It's one of those things where your family's a Reds fan, they pass it to you as a Reds fan, and so on and so forth. Until last night, I never turned the game off after the second inning. It was that bad. And I'm like, I will I will go do something else. I will go to sleep. I don't care. I'll go I'll literally do anything else but watch another second of this of this of this team. And from so that's why I'm like from the highs of Zendikar hype and the Heary video and all that to the extreme opposite lows. Ah, uh, man. And then that, when I woke up this morning, I'm like, it's going to be a bad day. And <laughs> work, work-wise, it was. Um, but enough about that. That That's kind of just up to the minute where I'm at right now. But I, I've been looking forward to this week's episode because we have so much to talk about. Yeah. But before we yeah, do that, yeah. we do. how are you doing? Doing okay. Uh, we went camping last weekend. Uh, so oh, yeah, that's camping right. camping again this weekend. Uh, <laughs> so hey man get it in yeah, while you can yeah yeah get in as much camping as we can do uh we're actually gonna be mm-hmm. at pigeon forge this next um this weekend uh because we're camping down there 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, it's been an okay week. Uh, we've just been kind of kind of busy trying to get prepared for this um, this weekend. Right. Uh, all these camping trips and stuff, making sure we have everything we need in the camper, uh, you know, whatnot. Uh, I bought a couple things for the camper that are, like, fun things to stay in the camper. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, we've been, like, playing, like, Uno uh, and stuff like that. Uh, I have a... Um, I have a uh, ticket to ride in the in the camper too. Uh, it's the um, oh, okay. the New York the streetcar one. Uh, so it's like mm-hmm. a smaller one. So we have it has room to play it in the camper. Um, been playing. I bought one of the uh, Jurassic Park Funkoverse games, uh, and we Neat. attempted to try and play it, and we got really confused. So we're gonna just try it again at some point. <laughs> Cause it's it's super complicated. It's a lot more complicated than I thought it was gonna be. So okay. it looks like it'd be fun for like a you know group to get together and play board games with. But it's like with both my mm-hmm. wife and my our, my um my daughter's godmom, we we're all like, I have no idea. Like this game's it's really difficult to like rock. <laughs> so, um, but then I also purchased. Uh, I made a purchase of um the. Uh, I had to go to Target to get it, uh, and I also had to ask the person at Target to have somebody look in the back for it because it had just come in on the truck that morning. Uh, but it was mm. uh, the Lego Super Mario uh, Starter Course, uh, and the Lego Super Mario Starter Course is the only kit in the series that comes with Mario. And you need Mario to do anything with everything right. else, uh, simply because uh, the whole concept of the thing is all like super interactive. Like Mario has batteries. Like you put batteries in Mario. Uh, he, he is wow. he is he has an LED eyes and uh, like LCD screen eyes and LCD screen mouth. He his eyes he blinks. His eyes close. His mouth moves. Uh, he has a little screen on his chest that denotes what's happening to him at any given time. I mean, the whole thing is I super, think... super freaking, like, insane on the technology aspect of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And, like, so, like, if you put him on, like, the red squares, he reads color. He knows that the red squares means lava. So if you he, he, so he'll start making, like, some, you know, ow, ow, ow sounds and stuff like that. And then if you leave him there too long, his eyes go X's and he dies. <laughs> and you're like, well, then I can just kill That's Mario whenever I want. That's wild. <laughs> uh, but then like all of the, the little interaction pieces that come with the, the course or whatnot have these little pre-printed like RFID stickers that are attached, that are applied to some of the things. Uh, and so specifically <laughs> there's, there's a, a pipe and that has the um, that has the start one in it, and then there's the flag piece at the end, and it has the end sticker on it. And so when you put them in the pipe, it starts the timer, and you get 30, 60 or thirty seconds. I think it's sixty seconds or whatever to move him through the course that you built and collect coins. And then when you get to the end, you hit the end piece, and it ends ends it, and then you're you, it tells you how many coins you won or whatever during the course of doing the course. And Neat. like, it's just, and all of like the little things have this like little interaction piece to it. And 
So like the mm-hmm. the main the starter course comes with like a Goomba and it comes with uh, Bowser Jr. Uh, and so you can knock over Bowser okay. Jr. and you have to stomp on him like five times, I think, to be able to, um, you know, kill him or whatnot, beat, defeat him. <laughs> and then you get the coins yeah. for defeating him or whatnot after you do that. And so he's got a little sticker on his back too, a little um, barcode sticker. And it's just literally, it's like, uh, it's like he's got a, He has a camera or something like that under uh, in, underneath him that is doing all this, is capable of seeing like these things and reading these things and it's just so cool like it's so neat and it's i i have to give them major props for creating something that is so incredibly smart uh from a standpoint of um enforcing people to like build stuff that's different but also like play with the stuff so it's not like a lego set that you build and you sit on your uh you know your shelf and go yep there's my lego set i build it You know, you're really intended to play with this. Uh, so that's why I bought it for the camper, because my daughter and I will just sit and play with it. We'll just build, rebuild the course however we want. And there's all these little add-on packs for it that cost anywhere from, like, 20 bucks all the way up to, like, 80 to 100 bucks for depending on if you get one of the bigger ones. Uh, I think, like, the castle. Dang, think, that's crazy. Like, they have the, the Bowser castle that comes with actual Bowser is, like, 100 bucks. But it's But it's wow. a lot of pieces. So it's a big set. So, or you can get like Man, the little he... course editions that only cost like twenty bucks, you know, and stuff like that. Oh yeah, like Lego stuff is you know yeah. <laughs> nutty. But then like you know you need the starter kit to do all this stuff with, and the starter kit's like sixty dollars. So you need to spend sixty dollars at least to be able to start doing anything with any of this, because none of the other kits come with Mario. <laughs> right, and the starter kits are probably harder yes. to find than all the little yes, expansions. they literally only had gotten in two that morning to that target, and I got one of them. And Damn. I was like, man, it feels like that once the initial rush of this is over, that by the time, like, Christmas hits, they should start, like, mm-hmm. selling, like, an individually packed Mario. Like, just, just the one Mario thing. himself, you know. But uh, And they also sell outfits for him. Like you can change his hat and you can change his bottoms and he and he gains a different ability. Uh, so it knows like if you put on like the builder outfit, he has a he he has a stronger stomp ability. You know, <laughs> so yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> like the, the technology is nuts. And uh, I and here that's that's insane. I mean, here I am. You're you're like oh, you can put batteries in Mario, and I'm like. I thought we just put lasagna. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, and then uh, and then only that. Like he also they did this um, special like uh, set for to celebrate like so many years of like Nintendo or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it's literally the the set. It's like two hundred dollars, and the set is a old school Nintendo Entertainment System that you build out of Legos. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we talked about it that. Has once. a controller. You can plug the controller mm-hmm. in. It, ha- and it, it has a cartridge thing that you plug in a Lego mm-hmm. cartridge. And then it has yeah, a make Lego Make sure you blow TV. on it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has a Lego TV, and it has a mm-hmm. on-screen thing of Mario, and it has a crank. And when you crank it, it he uh, he jumps and he goes through the, you know, the course to the end or whatnot. Well, if you right. move like a little tab at the top of this thing, you can slot in the Lego Mario from the Lego Mario set, 
and he'll make the the and when you start the course and start cranking it, he'll make the noises and he'll make all the music. Oh my god, yeah, really? It's insane. <laughs> it's just really cool. I'm just like, man, what what visionaries, wow. like what cool technology this is. So I uh, I mean, heck, back in my day, I just put the blocks together and used my imagination. <laughs> now it does the work for well, you. Well, and I mean, like, it's cool because, like, it, this actually really does uh, a good job of, like, uh, prevent, pre- presenting you with an ability to build something imaginatively. The, the, mm-hmm. the course thing is because you ca- it, it, it gives you an idea, like, and, it, and you can get some idea. There's an app. Like, you have to use the app because uh, it has all the building mm-hmm. instructions and everything in it as well. And, sure. uh, but like it only shows you how to build like the individual island pieces that you use to put together the course. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, have fun. Do whatever you want. Like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, I can build this, how, this course, however, however difficult or however easy I want it to be. Neat. Like that. The future of esports in right? Legos. Right? And of course, like there's like a section of the app that where you can just like, oh, I, I want to save this, you know, course. I think this was really cool. It'll let you take a picture with your phone, so that and it'll save that picture in the app so that you can go back and look at it later if you want to rebuild that same, you know, course or whatnot. So that's it, cool. It's cool because I, I, I gotta mean, give them a lot of credit for it. It's something neat. So. Yeah, I mean, how many times have we broken apart a magic deck, and then we want to put it back and put the cards in something else, and we go to put it back together, and it's like, how did I build that last right. time? Like we forget, yeah. right? So yeah, having that app to be able to construct and deconstruct that way, you don't have to buy like multiples of expansion sets to have every different level you want. You can just right. have the pieces and assemble them as you see fit. Right. Uh, but beyond that, Ooh. I've been playing a little Legacy. Uh, I've, been, I've been playing some Arena, but I've been playing mostly Legacy. Um, I've been I have two decks on rent now on my account because uh, I've been playing, still been playing Ninjas, uh, fairly mm-hmm. often because I'm actually just trying to learn the deck more. I think it's a very interesting deck, and I want to learn it, actually learn it, learn it, and spend a lot more time with it because uh, I've had like so much fun mm-hmm. with it. Uh, but then I also uh, have uh, have on rent the uh, the deck that is like the most meme worthy thing on the planet that I've played in a while, and that's uh, the Replenish uh, Shark Typhoon deck. <laughs> and I have to admit that deck is just freaking hilarious. Uh, I I've heard that you've laid claim to that yeah, deck. Yeah, uh, so uh, that deck plays lay claim. Uh, that's it's it's insane. Uh, for people that don't know what lay claim is, it's a seven mana. Uh, five, five generic, two blue. Uh, enchant permanent. You control enchanted permanent, uh, but it cycles for two uh, generic. Uh, and of course, this deck plays replenish, uh, which is an old ass uh, reserve list uh, <laughs> Ursa's destiny card. That's uh, yeah, I'll say yeah, destiny. Three and yeah. a three and a white, and it returns all enchantments uh, from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, and you basically pick, you know, when it and when those things enter, what they're <laughs> enchanting. Uh, so it plays mm-hmm. a lot of. So a, it's gonna play a, it plays Shark Typhoon. Uh, B, it plays a, a play set of Lay Claim. Uh, lay Claim and Lay Claiming something off, off of Replenish is insane. Uh, and then it also plays a uh, Cast Out. Um, and it, oh and of course, we also get uh, Standstill. You're also still playing Standstill. 
uh, because <laughs> that's ridiculous. Uh, uh, of course uh, you are, right? The only thing I'm not too sure on, like, in the deck is I'm not sure that cast out is a four of uh, so far. Like, there's four in the deck. This this deck came from um, a guy named uh, Yuta uh, Takahashi on Twitter, uh, at Vendillion uh, is his uh, Twitter handle. And uh, he came up with this deck. And okay. I... I was I just pulled his list and I've been playing his list, and I I'm not so sure how I feel about cast out as a four of, uh, and then I'm also not so sure how I feel like the fact the fact that there's two counterbalance in the li- in the list, because every time I've cast counterbalance so far it feels pretty awful. Uh, so yeah, that that's that's kind of yeah. strange. Like I was going, I was just looking at my um, my blue white legacy list and I'm like. Why are we playing counterbalance in this list? Yeah. And obviously, I don't have a way to play the deck or whatever. Right. But I guess just with all the brainstorms and ponders and predicts, well, but and, and like the thing the... is, it's like what sucks about counterbalance yeah. right now is that like that uh, most of the good stuff uh, is all at like the three CMC mark, mm-hmm. and you just don't have that like uh, ability to like you know float like you used to, you know, with top. And so you just kind of have to rely right. on the heart of the cards to do it sometimes. And it's just like, eh. Like, yeah, there, there's really not enough. Like, uh, at least in a, a blue-white deck, you have uh, Lilt Fairy, Council's Judgment, right. and Treat the Angels, and Force of Negation. Right. So that's still quite a bit, but, the, you know, there's only a couple copies of those cards. Well, it's not like Ponder like before all over the place, too. Oh, you've yeah, got, you got you know, a seven, 7 and a 4 and, six, and a 6. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah. Uh, so I'm like, why are we playing this card? And I I just like, okay. Uh, so I, my thought is I might cut like a copy of like, Cast Out and cut it to like uh, three copies uh, and cut the mm-hmm. two copies of um, Counterbalance and play like three Thirst for Meaning. Uh, that's a possibility. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The one from uh, Throne of Eldraine, uh, right? Thirst for Meaning was a corset, I want to believe. I think it was corset 20... But it, it's the Thirst for Knowledge yes. for Enchantments. Yes. Yeah. So I'm thinking about playing that. Uh, I was also talking to Jeff Lynn about this a little bit, uh, and he was also suggesting maybe like playing like a couple, like some main deck uh, meddling mages uh, as some, as some okay. protection for things. Because as far as I understand, like Yuda's idea for counterbalance was to have like a bigger, better leg up against combo in game in game one, uh, which makes sense. Uh, but I, I think like meddling mage might also be very good about that. Uh, he was also suggesting um, uh, playing a couple copies of uh, on thin ice in the sideboard uh, mm. because then you could um, use those as like extra copies of like source supply shares, essentially. Right. So it was just a thought. Like it, it looks like a fun deck. It has been a fun deck. Like every time I played it so far, it's been just like goofy, goofy as heck. Uh, you know, either you do what you're saying and you're great, or you, you know, sputter, sputter your wheels and you die. Like, <laughs> but it is kind of super fun to play. Uh, cool. Y- you ain't lived until you've uh, you know had multiple standstills in play, <laughs> which is something that usually doesn't happen. So, but can happen when you replenish them. So, that's oh. <laughs> so. Let me, all right, before we move on, because my my head's about to explode on that. So, you say you play replenish. 
your standstill is sacrificed at that moment, right? Uh, well, you're not gonna. You're probably, hopefully, not breaking your standstill. Let's just put it that way. You're okay. probably not gonna break All your right. own standstill. I have before, right. but only on very, very rare occasions. Like, are you gonna break your own standstill? You're gonna make them break it. But but standstills when you cast replenish standstills broken, but you can get it right back with the resolution of replenish, yeah, but right? Replenish let, yeah, but is he doing that would let them draw three cards. That's true, so, unless you have Narset. Yeah. yeah, unless you have Narset, which is hilarious. <laughs> and the deck does yeah, play they, does they, play Narset, so uh, but, yeah. yeah. Oh, usually you want them to like cast it, uh, you know, into your standstill and break your break the, try and break the standstill lock, and then you want to lay down like another standstill, and just force them in a position of. And then, and then at that point, if you get like multiple standstills and play with a replenish, they're like, "Well, the first spell I cast, they're gonna draw six cards." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's bad. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. And uh, usually, that's like, oh, I, "I'm gonna put in a replenish." Uh, you know, I'll put in a, put in a bunch of stuff in my yard, and then I'll cast replenish again. And uh, you know, once you have like, even once you have like a shark typhoon in play, like things get real mm-hmm. dumb, real quick, real fast. Because uh, every oh yeah, because all the things yeah yeah it just becomes super super gas. Uh, I I actually won a game today uh, by stealing my opponent's Goblin Rabble Master with Lay Claim, <laughs> but I stole their Rabble Master and I just beat them to death with their own with with tokens uh, until I got to a point where I was able to cast another Replenish, get a um, and I didn't even like take their, um, like they had a chalice on one. I didn't even like get rid of their chalice really. I just got rid of their token that they had in play. <laughs> so I got rid of their token and I stole their their red source, their mountain, because they had a, a mountain in ancient tomb, and I stole their oh, mountain no. with a with the lake claim. <laughs> oh, it was so dumb. I was just like, yeah, okay. I have their their um, their thing. Let's keep hitting them with their rival master. Uh, cool. <laughs> like, so yeah, is is neat. It was fun, but we have other stuff to talk about, so we should probably. Uh, y- get... yeah, this is going to be a long show. Yeah. So, um, you know, I do want to bench to the uh, viewers at home. Uh, please buckle your seatbelts. Uh, always drive safe. Uh, as we're going to go for a ride here through all the announcements that hit, like, what, two days ago? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was the yeah. first, so technically yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So by the time there, they're there, listening there, to this, it's like, Tuesday. Yeah, there, there's some previews and then announcements of uh, upcoming announcements, essentially, and a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So, Joe, uh, kick us off. What what happened? Uh, so, yeah, the first of September gave us the first look at Zendikar Rising, uh, and we had some stuff yeah. last week with uh, Jace and with uh, Nahiri, uh, the Planeswalker, mm-hmm. two Planeswalkers. They showed us, uh, but we got some more looking at the at the set itself, and uh, of course, the, you know that's yesterday's when. Uh, Spoiler season started in earnest. Uh, so they had a 11 o'clock a.m. stream uh, on the Magic website, on Magic Twitch, uh, with we got to see the trailer, we got to see some mechanics, we got to see a couple other things uh, going on. So first of all, uh, the trailer uh, was absolutely sick. 
Uh, that was uh, awesome. There are two characters that are have been in uh, that are on a card in this set or have been on a card in a previous set, uh, aka um, Akiri Lineslinger was the one character uh, who was in one of the mm-hmm. commander sets. Uh, and then the other one was that uh, reanimator guy that was spoiled this pe- week, the, the blue-black uh, oh, creature. Oh, uh, Zareth Sand, the trickster. Yeah, Zareth Sand. Which... He was the other one. Yeah. And uh, so basically uh, what we've uh, ascertained from this trailer uh, and everything is that Nahiri's looking for something on the plane of Zendikar. And she pretty much just gives no absolute fucks in the world who dies None. or who gets in her way to get to it. She just doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> Nah Nahiri do uh, the this what we're seeing is the after effects of not only uh when we first were in Zendikar, uh many millennia ago, it felt feels like. And then we were when we were last on Zendikar with Bal for Zendikar and Oath of the Gatewatch, where the aftermath of the, quote, the Gatewatch team coming and destroying uh, Ulamog and Kozilek finally, and then leaving off to go to Innistrad, um, the after effects of that, that chaos and destruction, while it's kind of simmered down, the, the royal, the elemental monsters that come out of Zendikar that, that kind of bubble up to the surface, so to speak, are kind of going crazy. And what Nahiri has found is some type of orb to help essentially take the life of anything living to calm or, or stop the elemental chaos from happening. That way, those on Zendikar, essentially her and the rest of the alabaster-looking cores, could prosper peacefully without any anything disturbing them. Any, right. well, obviously no more Eldrazi, but no more royal, nothing like that. And she's trying to take it back to an idealized version of what she thought her previous life was before she met Soren and Ugin. Yeah. Which, by the way, I called and people were like, eh, I don't know what the climate and how today's world is. Having uh, an antagonist who is very white-looking <laughs> and doing that, I don't know. And I'm like, hey, this is going to happen. Right. It's We're going back to Zendikar. That plane is, has been destroyed, and Nahiri was just tearing up Innistrad because of what has happened. She's trying to fix her home and wants to be left alone once she gets done fixing it. And here we are. There's even yeah. a story today. Yes. They're they're back to putting the stories on the main mothership instead good, of too. putting them in a book or whatever. They finally are listening to us and giving us exactly what we want. Where we go and read the story and it, it was like good. the tra- the trailer depicts Nahiri as a bad guy. Whoever in the f is writing cannot do that. They can't make that turn. They they. They're trying to still portray her as a hero or as someone who is, she's doing things, but she kind of does some things that maybe aren't necessarily good, but we turn a blind eye. Like, write a villain, damn it. They pretty much write did, though. Write a villain. Did you read the article? Uh, I I did, but just how, they, they how it really came off. They really just kind of was like, like, 
you know, Nissa started off the whole, you know, thing kind of thinking, okay, uh, I'm down. I'm down. Something's not right. Something's not right. Wait a minute. What she's, and then what she she's doing is going to destroy the world I love. Right, and she leaves to go get Jace. Right. But just just the way that Nahiri was, was written, at least just how I took it, and maybe it's just because the last plethora of stories going all the way back to Kaladesh, I've just not been impressed with. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, I liked going, it. Going I back to it, when... I think it did a good job of showing okay. Nahiri as this, this person who really... We got we were watching the story mainly from Nissa's point of view, I think more than yeah. anything. And so Nissa—that's probably what yeah, threw me so off. Nissa's like, you know, okay, you know, I know you did some bad things, but I know you want to save Zendikar, so I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt because I'm Nissa, you know, and I want to protect Zendikar too. And right. you know, and of course, this is you know, whole something of what would Gideon do? And I'm like, oh, Gideon's just Jesus now. Like, <laughs> what would Gideon do? But she, you know, I, I get it because yeah. she, she did look up to Gideon quite a bit. And so it's like, she, you know, she's she she's eventually getting to this point where she's like, wait a minute, like this Nahiri chick is not on the level. Like, she is doing something right. that is wrong, and I realize it and. And I'm like, oh crap! I got to do something about this. So yeah, you know, so yeah. I, I hope, I'm curious to see where it, where it continues from there. But like, you Same. know, I'm I am I am super curious. But it, it, I was I was pretty happy with it. Uh, but and I mean, like in the trailer, like Nahiri like basically kills both <laughs> Zareth and Akiri, yeah. and you're just like, well, all right then. Yeah, she. she- she has these two traveling companions, uh, two members of her party, hint, hint, we'll get to later, um, and she winds up uh, let, uh, letting one die and then killing the other yeah. one because she's out for what she wants and doesn't care. And outside of her having duck lips, which I thought was just kind of off how they did the animation for her. Um, I, yeah, that, that trailer was like, like war, the spark trailer was awesome. Like this takes it to another level. I still think my favorite of the new era of, uh, trailer of, uh, as far as Mm -hmm. the new era of trailers for magic sets with them being more animated and, uh, more of an actual like storyline in the trailer I still think like right. Throne of Eldraine like takes that for me, uh, just because uh, Throne of Eldraine was uh, just so incredibly silly. Uh, and I, that's I can see that. It, yeah, it was just it just that's what made the entire trailer just so hilarious was the fact that it was just revolved around these two gingerbread ma- you know man and woman. So mm-hmm. and of course like you know we get to see you know Zareth you know in this set because you know he's in the trailer. You know, and I think Wizards has right. finally learned that if we show somebody in the trailer, maybe we should put them in the set because maybe yeah. people want to see that character. Like they learned their lesson with the whole, you know, gingerbread, you know, you know, woman not appearing in the tra- in the set or, you know, Dak yeah. Faden not appearing in the set from War of the Spark because, you know, Dak was in the, the, the story and died. So, like, you know. they, 
they could have given us like a collector's booster or or a, a promo version of Ginger Brute, but had it as the woman. Yeah. Like leaping up to attack Garou. Right. Like people would have dug that, oh, yeah. but they're like, eh, eh, eh. like they just. I, I I really think based on a lot of the stuff we're going to be talking about, the massive amount of screaming and thumbing that we've all done on social media that Wizards is finally listening to some of it. And it takes a while. Not all of it. I think it takes a while for them to listen to that. And also, somebody mentioned, you know, like, you know how we know Wizards works ahead. You know, they're always working ahead. This is them taking some feedback that, and it just couldn't be implemented until, you know, a couple sets down the line just because, (laughs) you know, it takes them a while to do this kind of stuff. So, Right. And some of these sets have probably been sitting on the shelf more than two years and they found a hole to where they could develop it. Like we mentioned that with, um, oh man, what was that? Um, trying to think, what did we talk about last week? Oh yeah. The, the commander legends where that was in development, uh, well before there was a battle bond. Right. But they hit a point in time where they shifted, developed battle bond and put that out. So chronologically based on release, yeah, Battle Bond, then Commander's Legends, but based on uh, development and everything they did in R&D, like Commander Legends was in development or on put on pause or on a shelf or whatever, and then here comes Battle Bond right out from under right. it. So, so as far as, yeah, uh, as, far as mechanics are concerned uh, for this set, mm-hmm. uh, we do have two returning mechanics that are pretty much Zendikar mechanics uh, that we expect. Yeah, we do. Landfall's returning, and so is Kicker. Uh, so we kind of expected kicker. Well, we kind of expected landfall and kicker has been something that's been part of, uh, Zendikar before. So not really surprised mm-hmm. to see it here. So those are not really unchanged mechanics. Uh, there's nothing different about them really. Uh, you know, no, I mean, except there's kicker on Jace, which we talked yeah. about, uh, last week. Yeah. Plus, um, there are, kicks that you can wear while you're kicking Jace oh, onto the battlefield. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Was there, we're not like, going to talk about the shoes. Uh, Alright, that, that's okay. fine. Uh, so, we um, have two new mechanics, though. Uh, uh, one of those mechanics is the party mechanic, uh, which we'll talk yeah. about. And then also the modal DFC mechanic. Uh, and I, so and I, and I, I kind of want to talk about that one first, because I think that one is the more intriguing yeah. mechanic. Uh, party's cool and all. But modal DFCs are super neat. Uh, so we have cards that are uh, a either a uh, instant, you know, instant sorcery, blah blah, creature enchantment, you know, whatever you know, other card type on the front face. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the back face, they're a land, uh, and then you can choose to either play it as its front facing, co- you know, spell, or you can choose to put it into play as a land uh, for your land drop for the turn. Uh, and of course, like how it works in, is it's a double face card. So in every other zone of the game, other than while it is in play as a land, it is the type that it is on front. It is the name that it is on front. So you can't like mm-hmm. the one that would, that's been coming a lot, a lot, obviously that, and I, I actually created a pin message for it, uh, in the dredge discord, uh, is uh Valakut awakening, uh, which is the first one we saw, uh, st- Two and oh two and a God. red for an instant. Uh, put any number of cards in it from your <laughs> hand onto the bottom of your library. Then draw that many cards plus one. And on the back, it's a Valakut Stoneforge land. Comes into play tapped, and you adds a red. Uh, and of wait, wait, what's that? 
did, did you say did you say you then draw that many cards yes. plus one? You mean then you dredge that yeah. many cards? The problem plus with one. it is that you cannot get this back with like life from the loam or something like that. It can't target it as a land in the graveyard because it's yeah, not a, or run right, six because it's not a land. Uh, so yeah, that that was that's been the card. The question that's obviously been coming up is, can I loam this back? And you're like, no, you can't do that. That would be dumb. Like, so yeah, it's it's. I, I like it a lot. I think it's a really neat neat way to approach uh, having uh, this mechanic. Of course, this also mm -hmm. gives us uh, the six dual lands that we were talking about. Yes. Uh, and all the six dual lands are essentially just uh, they're one color land on one face, and they're another color land on the other face, and they don't come into mm -hmm. play tapped. Correct. And these are non-basic yes. lands. And they don't have a land type. They don't have, like, for instance, uh, the uh, Crag Crown Pathway right. is uh, it taps for red. Right. It just says land. Right. And on the other side is Timber Crown Pathway. It taps for green, yeah. but doesn't say forest. Yeah. Now, one thing that is a problem with these when it comes down to arena is they are all rare. Yeah, they are all rare. Yep, and that's, a, that's kind of obnoxious. But I, I like these. Yeah. I like the dual land cycle a lot. Uh, I think it's going to be really it, good for um, aggro decks, especially. Yes. Uh, we've had a lot of talk about aggro decks benefiting from these quite a bit, uh, simply because you'll be able to uh, pick which side you want to put into play, uh, depending on what you need. Mm -hmm. uh, so I could definitely see a bunch of these seeing play. In, they'll, they'll definitely see play in standard. Just oh, for sure. Just absolutely see play well, in standard. Like. This set, we're only two days into official uh, spoiler or official previews, feels very aggro based anyway. Yeah. Uh, especially with with kicker, there's a lot of cards that uh, have plus one plus one counters matters. Right. Um, landfall. So yeah, I I really think that with these lands how they designed them, it is going to be awkward because you're not going to have every single possible combination. There's not like uh, well, for instance, the ones that tap for red, there's one that has uh, tap for green on one side, and another one has tap for white. Right. So you don't, you know, there is one where you tap for blue or you tap for red, so that takes care of all you is it folks out there. Right. So you're going to find ways to get the color combinations you need, but you either have to spend a lot of wild cards, yeah, or if you're still somehow playing paper magic. Uh, probably gonna spend about four or five bucks a piece based on what I've been seeing for these cards right, right now. Yeah. Uh, also, I want to point out that uh, you know we're we're getting landfall back. Uh, Doesn't mean we're getting mm -hmm. a really sick reprint uh, in the form of Lotus Cobra. Oh my uh, god, and, dude! And I, it's also at uh, rare, uh, which yes, is finally uh, that that card never really felt like a mythic, so that's that's pretty sweet. No, yeah. not all. Well. I will admit that with Zendikar, when, when the first Zendikar set came out, it was the second... Uh, they were going into their second block, so to speak, um, with the Mythic Era. Uh, it started in Shards of Alara block. And if you really want to get technical, it started in the Time Spiral set because that uh, that Time Shifter card was the Mythic Test, but that's a whole other story. Right. Um, and... They didn't quite figure out what they wanted to do with that until after Zendikar's probably developed, or maybe it was a situation where it's like, mm, we got a green slot left, but 
only mythic we don't want to move the rares at all and they probably just slotted Lotus Code right at the Mythic slot. Right. Kind of like what they did with Brazen Borrower and uh, Throne of Eldraine. Right. It's not really a Mythic card. Could, usually that's reserved for legend legendary creatures um, that are like main story characters. Your Planeswalkers. Big, like, planar type stuff uh, as far as yeah. like big, enchantments big or cards. spells. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, yeah, this is a super needed reprint, this Lotus Cobra. And should it should... Uh, this is a meaningful reprint, Joe. Yeah. And, and a set where we're needing meaningful reprints, this is one. I don't know if we're going to get any more. Wink, wink. <laughs> Although, I will say this. Uh, the showcase version of that is really sweet, too. Yeah, she, it's, super, oh, it's, it's super pretty. That was the artist from uh, Spider-Verse, yeah. right? Uh, spoiler alert for all... They also yeah, did the, for, for all the, the, folks. the showcase art for Omnath. Yes. Yes, they did, really which good. looks very... Oh, yes. I, I can imagine this popping in foil, but yeah. back to Lotus Cobra real quick. Uh, spoiler alert for the viewers at home. The artist uh, who did this card and who uh, did concept artwork for End of the Spider-Verse... Uh, one of the people I go through for uh, signed cards, that person is now this artist's agent. So nice. uh, if you if you are into getting cards signed, uh, you know you need to be on the lookout or find your signed groups or whatever on Facebook. Try and get linked up with people. That way you can start getting your copies and getting them mailed in. Because even though we're in a pandemic, there are still artists out there who are making money by having their agents gather literally thousands of cards, ship them to the artists wherever they are in the world, even if customs takes like two months to get things to people, they get all the stuff signed and get it back. It, it does take a while, but if you're patient, you can wind up with like signed uh, alternate art sweet Lotus Cobras. Yeah. All right, uh, so let's talk about Party. Party is interesting, and yeah. how they described it on the stream was kind of nice. Uh, so basically, the, one of the they were they, this came about because they were thinking of some way of uh, kind of capturing that feel of Zendikar being the adventure plane, you know, again, you know that because that was kind Finally. of way we approached Zendikar in the begin with was that Zendikar was the adventure plane, you know, you you went on mm -hmm. adventures and you you went into dungeons and. Uh, you know, you fought, you know, things in these dungeons and, you know, you had your friends with you and stuff. So party basically uh, is functions on the idea that you have creatures that have uh, subclasses. There's four classes, especially that uh, party looks for. Uh, and that's cleric, rogue, warrior and wizard. Uh, and of course, like cre uh, things that have party uh, basically deal with uh, that functionality. Uh, so the one that they they showed and there's a couple of there's a bunch of ones we've seen so far already uh, but the one that they showed it was a really good example uh, of it was the shepherd of heroes uh, which is a common uh, and it's a uh, four generic and a white for a, mm -hmm. a angel cleric uh, creature angel cleric has flying it's a three four and when it, it enters the battlefield you gain two life for each creature in your party your party consists of up to one each of cleric rogue warrior and wizard uh, so by, at, at base for five mana, it's going to gain two life. Uh, right. If you have all four, uh, you know it's going to gain eight life. 
Uh, now, there were some questions going around the Twitterverse around uh, how does this interact with cards that have Changeling uh, as far as the party. Uh, you can use Oof. cards with Changeling to count for, uh, you know, one of the, the ones that you need, but it doesn't fulfill all right. of them. You have to have, you know, one up to each of the, the, the type. But if you have a, a Changeling in play, it counts for one of the ones that you want it to, essentially. So... I I'm not sure how I've, I I like the idea behind the mechanic. Uh, I think it's neat, uh, but none of the cards are super, um, like thrilling. I guess is the you know. Yeah, I could see that right. I'm like again, we're only on day two, but yeah, I can see right. that where you're looking at the cards like, all right, yeah, that that's neat, but you're looking at some like you might find a uh, a cleric and a rogue that are neat, but not find. Uh, a, a warrior or a wizard right. that really seemed compelling. Right. So it's kind of hard to really judge this mechanic now. I mean, it sounds like that they're wanting people to develop their own Dungeons and Dragons party. Oh wait, spoiler yeah. alert! Um, I I do like but, yeah I, I do like the one. There is one I saw that I think will probably end up seeing play, and it's probably much better than it looks. Uh, and that's uh the Archpriest of Iona. Uh, which is the, the uh, one white. Oh, yeah. It's literally, it's a single white. Uh, it's a creature, human cleric. It's, it's power tough as our star slash two. It has power mm -hmm. equal to the number of creatures in your party. Uh, so at base, it's a one, two. And if you have a full party, it's a four, two. Uh, but then at the beginning of combat on your turn, if you have a full party, target creature gets plus one, plus one against flying until end of turn. Uh, and right. I think that's a lot better than it looks like it's, it's, really for a one drop that's really kind of super strong uh, yeah so do you want I a five three for one mana yeah. i do right yeah that's the other thing yeah well it's also like you know it could be a uh -huh. five three flyer you know for one for uh, you know you can come up the ground and you can make it a five three flyer for a turn you know and swing in with it you know or you have a better you know say you have a better warrior or a better you know rogue or something like that you know you can get in with some damage with those guys so, yeah, right. I, I think that card is pretty neat. I haven't seen really, like, it's it's kind of, they're kind of hard to judge. Uh, so I think those are going to be ones with that we're going to have to see people play uh, and probably yeah. figure out how they're going to work uh, in play. Uh, there is a really funky one uh, that uh, is uh, hilariously uh, all of the creature types. Uh, but it only has creature elf on the uh, type line. Uh, it's, uh, it's oh, Tajuru, yeah, Tajuru uh, Paragon. Paragon. Yeah, it's one, one in a green for creature elf, but he's also a cleric rogue warrior. She, actually, I think it's a she. She's also a cleric yeah. rogue warrior and wizard. Has kicker three when it enters the battlefield. If it was kicked, you reveal the top six cards of your library. You put a creature type, type card that shares a creature type from with it from among them into your hand, put the rest of your bottom of your library in a random order. It's a three, two. So basically it's a tutor for like, you know, if you have, you know, a party, you know, deck or something like that. So that's probably mm. pretty good because it counts for all of them. Uh, yeah. So, so it'll, it'll fill the, the missing role right. of what you have, depending on how well you draw or whatever. But right. Yeah. The, these are all sweet. Um, it'll be interesting to see once we get the full set how they'll work with each other. Of course, right now, like uh, the the price for all 
cards that had creature type cleric are starting to go up um, as far as Edgewalker card <laughs> cards previously released, especially those that were in the past. Um, there's also concerns that we may be able to make a uh, standard deck that has no actual land cards in it unless they're the land on the back of some of these cards. Yeah. So, um, which that will be weird because it will then feel like the World of Warcraft trading card game. Kind of. Yeah. Where you didn't you didn't have the actual land mechanic. You, you put down a card from your hand as a resource to be able to use to cast the spells in your hand. Right. So there's that. Um, seeing some of the callbacks to uh, other tribes and stuff that were on uh, Zendikar when we were last there and even when we were first there, like uh, Drana, the last blood chiefs that yep. tells me like the vampires are, are there, there's fewer and fewer of them now. Yep. Uh, she's the last blood chief. So there's that. Um, Step links has been shifted to red essentially in a hellhound, one red I, I landfall. Really like gets put... <laughs> oh, you haven't I like seen that it card a lot. Oh, you like yeah, that card? Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it's cool, and I kind of wonder I want if the showcase one for my cube. Honestly, there was a showcase. Yeah, there's a showcase one for that. Oh, yeah, there it is. The showcase one for this set is super sweet. I really like it. It is. It's very is. angular due to the hedrons and all that. Yeah, oh, it's man. super sweet. So um, I'm excited for that. Uh, the the Omnath uh, Locus of Creation. It's now gone into a fourth color, as speculated. It's now. Red, green, white, and blue, which usually are the colors for a group hug deck in Commander. Yeah. Not anymore. Nope. Uh, but when it enters the battlefield uh, for this 4-4, you draw a card, of course. Uh, it has landfall, which, why not? Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, you gain four life. But if that's the first time, or, or gain four life is the first time that it's entered the battlefield, if it's the second time, you just add a red, a green, a white, and a blue to your mana pool. But if it's the third time, Omnath deals four damage to each opponent and each planeswalker you don't control. And there's already an infinite combo with this and some other cards out there. I'm trying to remember them. Um, there's the blue enchantment from Battle for Zendikar. When a land comes into play, you can untap a creature. Yeah. Um, uh, one the retreats. Yeah, I... I, I yeah, yeah. Uh, Retreat yeah. to Coral Helm, I think it is. Yes. And yes. then there's a creature that you can tap and put a land uh, from your hand to play, and that land, of course, is going to be a Karoo land. Right. So you put that in, trigger the Coral Helm, trigger your Karoo land, untap the creature that you could put extra land into play, and you just do that infinite times. Yeah. And it's like, great, we have that commander now. Yeah, All now, right, now to be fair, it oh. only does the damage on the third time so once you hit the third time you can't do it again you know after that so he won't deal damage past uh, the third time uh that, that's true so it's not really super infinite because you can just make you, you it makes it so you can do three land drops in a turn sure yeah but it is not gonna like you know you're not gonna four damage somebody to death with it uh I suppose. I do think it'll be then you just pretty up... fun with, uh, like, an historic with, like, Risen Reef. Uh, because oh, there's, oh this, my goodness. there's the whole, you know, Risen Reef uh, Zendikar's Royal deck. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, you have Zendikar's Royal in play, and you play a land, and you get an elemental, and it triggers Risen Reef, which may get you another, you know, land, which 
creates an elemental, which... <laughs> so, and, yeah. Isn't there something that when a creature comes into play on your end, you get to flip a coin, and if you win the flip, you get another copy of the creature or something? Uh, is that Mirror March? Yeah, I think Mirror that's March, it, yeah. yeah. I can't remember if it's creature or non-token creature, yeah. though. I think it's creature. So, uh, or no, it's not a um, creature. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's not oh man, creature, okay. So, so yeah, that, that yeah. might not work. But, um, but we well, we mentioned Zara Sand earlier. Uh, Zara Sand, the trickster, and this is one you may want to check out. Legendary creature Merfolk Rogue for a three, a blue, and a black. It has flash and it's a four four, so you can sneak it in for a surprise block or whatever. But what you really want to do is you want to play. You want to pay two a blue and a black. Return an unblocked attacking rogue you control to its owner's hand. Put Zerasand the trickster from your hand onto the battlefield, tapped and attacking. The important thing with that ability is it's after blockers have been declared. Yeah. Now, whenever Zerasand deals combat damage to a player, you may put target permanent card from that player's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Target permanent yep. card. Yeah. That... That's absurd. For Rose. Yeah. He has ninjutsu yeah. for Rose. And um, can can you can you name for me a card that makes a rogue every turn? Uh, uh bl- bitter blossom. Yeah. Uh, that is. And they're flying. Yeah. So flying creatures are hard hard to block. Yeah. So oh oh oops one of my rogues is getting through. Oh hold on here's this here's this fish dude. Yeah. Uh so oh, yeah man. um. There's not a whole lot else I saw that was super interesting, uh, but I, I do think we should talk about uh, Expeditions. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. So Expeditions are back. Uh, they are box toppers uh, uh, this time. Yeah, they're not Expeditions. Um, they're, they're box toppers. Yeah, they're box toppers, um, but they're this the, the Expedition series uh, of box toppers. Uh, you can get these in non-foil. I think the ones that come with the boxes are non-foil. I think you have to go to the collector's yeah. boosters to get the um, the foil variants or whatnot. Correct. Yeah. From what I understand, if you get a draft booster box, you get a, a non-foil of one of uh, one random of the thirty that there are. Uh, if you get a collector's booster box, I believe it's still one. I, I thought I heard it might be two, but I, I'm going to go with one. Uh, if you get the col- uh, not not the collector booster, I'm sorry, the set booster box, mm-hmm. uh, you get at least one, and that will also be non-foil. If you get the collector's booster uh, box, which there's, of course, fewer packs, but they're thicker and a lot of the cards are foil or whatever, you get two, and those are foil. Right. So there's that. I don't know if they're in any of the packs, though. I don't think they are. I can't remember. No, no, no they're not in any of the packs. No. Yeah, you get, yeah, each display, yeah, if you get a, a box, you get an expedition box topper. And you get a buy box promo. Well, the other thing they also mentioned is that the buy box promo mm-hmm. this time is an actual card in the set. They are, Finally. They are going back to that. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Uh, so the buy box promo is, but the, the buy box promo itself uh, while it has a card in the set, the actual promo version is a full art version, while the normal version in the set doesn't have that. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. But yeah, collector boosters. Uh, so yeah, it says you get two expedition box toppers. 
or whatnot. And Expedition Box Topper. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, the ones you get in a collector display are also non-foil. You have to go to the actual boosters to get foil ones. So, hmm. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's yeah. a thing. So. Yeah. Now, so foil, foils what, of those are meaning... probably going to be worth quite a bit. Uh, true, but what, what we're meaning about expeditions is back during Battle for Zendikar and Oath of the Gatewatch, one of the ways that uh, wizards tried to entice people to buy into the set and get and because they want they want the consumer to buy a booster box and crack open the packs and then play those cards and then just buy another box what they do with what the people do with the cards whatever they just want people to consume boxes over and over again and it's totally fine totally understandable but they put in these special random cards at least they did in, in Balfour's in the car Oath of the Gate Watch they skipped um, Shadows over in Estrada and Eldritch Room but then went back to it in Amiket and then again in Kaladesh Kal but anyway what they yeah. did is yeah yeah, what they did was that. they, yeah, yeah. Um, so for Balfour Zendikar and Oath of the Gatewatch, they were called expeditions because we're going back to the Explore World in Zendikar, and we're finding all these lands, and we had uh, one each of the fetch lands, your flood strands, polluted deltas, scalding tarns, things like that. But they're in these special frames. They were foil only. You got them, I think, one out of. Every three boxes, I think it was. It was super rare. Yeah, they were. Um, and there were like 55 of them. So there was enough of them to go around to where people kept buying them to get them. And your regular cards from the set, your Gideon Ally of Zendikar, for example, your Prairie Streams, your uh, Drana Liberator of Malakirs, all those were low in price because the market was flooded with the regular cards as people are right. cracking packs to find your expedition uh, dual land, like Hallowed Fountain or whatever. Now they're kind of back. Uh, we have the 10 uh, fetch lands. We that have the nice. five... Yeah, we have the five allied colored um, fast lands. battle bond lands. Oh, oh or, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and the fast and, lands, yeah. Yeah, in, in the Fastlands, that's 20. Then we have uh, five. the five allied creature lands. No, no. It's five. Yeah, I, I saw. There is. I saw Celestial Colonnade. Celestial Colonnade. There's Creeping Tarpit. Yeah. The, there is uh, Grove of the Burnwells. Uh, oh, there's no there's no Lava Claw nope, Reaches? Nope, they used. It, it's How five random they? of, you know, various multicolor lands or, or horizon canopy horizon canopy and the and the last one is not a multicolor land uh because it is a land that is specifically for zendikar uh because it is valakut the molten pinnacle oh uh, yeah that's, and that's then true. there are five okay. colorless lands or five five colorless uh, or color five color lands uh if you want to get really particular because there's prismatic vista uh cavern of souls mm -hmm. Uh, ancient tomb, mm -hmm. strip mine, and wasteland. Yes. Uh, so, uh, I I, I kind of like the ones that are not the fetch lands. Like I like the ones that are like 
cavernous holes like that looks I, I think that looks really pretty uh ancient yeah. tomb looks really pretty uh i i really like the valakit as well i'm not so a big fan of the wasteland art uh or, or eh, the strip mine art like, strip mine art's kind of weird prismatic vista is really pretty uh grove mm -hmm. of the burnwells is really pretty um and like i think it's neat that they were able to make the fast lands work because they're you know supposed to be more kind of themed towards uh, Phyrexia, New Phyrexia, or Scar Mirrodin, technically. Yeah. You know? So I think that's neat. But I think that my biggest thing about this is like I like the fact that they're foil. I think they're fine. Or they're non-foil. Like they're available non-foil. I think that's cool. Uh, I always like when they can make stuff available in non-foil. Uh, right. You know. Yeah. There, there are people out there that don't want foils. Yeah. And that, yeah. That's totally fine. And uh, having access to special art lands. Uh, that's cool. The, fra but the frame is super we, busy, but I, I I don't mind it too much. Uh, yeah, but we were all expecting a quote unquote meaningful reprint. Now I can't remember because it's been too many months and too many tweets ago. Uh, if they even said that we were supposed to be getting a quote meaningful reprint, uh, yeah, I'm or not sure. or have them, or maybe they said they were going to be uh, reprinted in a meaningful way, which would explain. Expeditions, um, I guess. It I depends mean, on how many of these are available. Like, if they're box toppers, that, there could be quite yeah. a few available of the non foils. And the non foils could be pretty see, good, but it's not going to cut prices that much on things. Not like, not well, like. It here's what. Right. Well, here, here's what's happening. What's happening is they are using their spin, uh, and it was even said at the very beginning of the video when. Uh, the four members of Wizards of the Coast were on Twitch after the uh, the preview uh, extravaganza for this to talk more about uh, Zendikar Rising. Uh, the spin is that there are more secret layer marsh flats out in circulation than there are uh, I think the example that was used was Double Masters Force of Will. Mm. And it's like I get it. There are only so many people who want Force of Will, whether it's from Double Masters or whatever, but there are more people that need a fetch land than they need a Force of Will. Uh, and if you're going to use your secret layer thing, it's like, they're all out there, so the prices should be dropping. No, that's, that's not happening. The no. only way the prices drop is if little Jimmy on his paper route saves up enough money and uh, stumbles upon enough nickels, dimes, and pennies on his route to go get three packs at his local store and cracks open two fetch lands, you know, that's the only way these prices are going to drop. And yeah. what they're doing next year for only half of the fetch lands might not put that much of a dent in it either, which we'll get to yeah. that in yeah, a minute. I'm not sure about that. So, But, yeah, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm... I'm I'm not thrilled with it, but I am all I'm always thrilled with alternate art stuff. So yeah. I, I'm torn by the fact that yeah, they're not meaningful reprints, but they're probably fine for people that want them. So yeah, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, opposed to the idea of having them as box toppers uh, and stuff like that. I just don't know that I care. <laughs> yeah, so. I I'm not either. Like my my grand experiment failed. Like. And, and a lot of it is due to pandemic, and I don't know when we're going to be playing paper cards again and all that. Like, I was thinking that 
through my writing with LegitMTG that I would be able to stay on top of standard and be able to have like four of everything for right. standard sets when they came out uh, by getting cases and singles or whatever. But right. I thought about it and I'm like, I'm going to run out of space in here in my office real quick. Uh, and that will still leave decks that I want to get done to actually play with unfinished. Right. And it's like, how about we course correct right now uh, before we start doing that? And don't get me wrong, I, they're, they're going to be singles from the set that I'm going to want right. for uh, commander decks or whatever. Um, but yeah, right now, I, I don't know when like you and I are going to be able to hang out at the store again to play. So right. I'm, I'm trying not to focus too much on paper singles but due to these expeditions which i really wish they would change the name on it because they're not really expeditions really and 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 the the term how we learned them initially but whatever that people will still be excited to go get them that more boxes and product are opened so then the singles i want like if i want to get um if I want to get, or if you want to get that uh, Zarasan the Trickster card for whatever reason, right? right. Like, it'll be affordable. Um, which is weird. It's a legendary. It's a rare, by the way. It's not a mythic. Yeah. So, kind of, it's kind of different than what we talked about before with mythics when we're talking about Lotus Cobra. Like, Lotus Cobra, right? Oh, my yeah. God. Can you imagine if, if people right. go nuts buying boxes of this stuff to get the expeditions? Then Lotus Cobra, which is now rare, that price bot goes all the way down to the bottom, lower than what it probably would have been without Expeditions, which then makes the original Zendikar printing start dipping in price. Right. Which then I could pick up a foil one for my Lord Windgrace deck. So, it's... it uh, Was it that the, the Hawk said, I see this as an absolute win! So, <laughs> there's that, but... Yeah, we, we, yeah. we do need... We need all ten Fetchlands reprinted in the same set in a meaningful way. That, that yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. We'll pick that topic back up in a bit. But yeah. we have this thing called a list. Joe, what is the list? Well, we talked about this before when we talked about set boosters. Uh, and yeah. so the, set bo- list, the list is the, the set booster slot uh, where the token and ad go, uh, where you could get, like, uh, 25% of the time get something from the list. Uh, and they spoiled mm-hmm. a few more cards from the list. Uh, on the stream, uh, and one of those cards was Food Chain. Uh, Weird. So that's cool. Uh, super cool. That card is uh, fairly expensive. Uh, as, it yeah, is? It actually is. Uh, they are $70 uh, in Mer- the Mercati- original Mercady and Masks printing. Hold uh, on. So. $70? Yep. Holy! <laughs> what? Yep. Yep. No, granted, if condition for a long time, other than a judge promo. Yeah. So if condition isn't a thing, you know, you can get them probably for cheaper. Hunt. Let Let's take a look to see what the Scott price is on that. <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh, oh. So a foil that is only around eh, one hundred twenty-five to one hundred sixty bucks. Yeah. Uh, and there's only a few of them floating around out there uh, on TCG yeah. Play right now. Yeah, Mercadian Mask. Yeah, if you would have held a gun to my head and asked me what set that was from, I would not have been able to answer it. <laughs> yep, yep. So that's cool. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that should really impact, like, the price of Food Chain, like, crazily. Yeah. 
because uh, the apparently you know because I mean the list is you know they're going to be part of all these set boosters and stuff. I expect it's going to drop prices on cards you know that are on the list pretty quickly. Uh, so yeah, that'll be cool. Uh, they also we... uh, gave us an uncommon and a common to look at, and one of the the common was oh, yeah. Simeon Spirit Guide. Uh, Monkey Man. Cool. Uh, and then they also gave us uh, Slimefoot, uh, the stowaway, as the uncommon to look at. So neither of those mm -hmm. cards are super expensive, but it kind of gives us an idea of the wildly variants of the the you know the the slots and stuff for that. Uh, but I will admit, like it's cool because like they are, they are in you know their original frame. Uh, you know, Food Chain is the original old border frame. It just has the little Planeswalker symbol at the bottom, uh, which is basically just how they were doing uh, Mystery Booster. So right. it's the same printing process they use for Mystery Booster. So and that's cool. I I think it's neat. So I I have an update on the list, an uh, announcement of an announcement of sorts. Oh. Uh, stay tuned to the Astrolab podcast because by this time next week, we will have the full the list. Oh, did they say that? Yeah, that was in the article for the Zendikar Rising product overview. Ah. And when it mentions the list, I think it was the third bullet point. Yeah, one of every four packs of the set boosters will contain a card from the list. And uh, it'll be revealing a full next week. This article was printed uh, earlier today. Yeah, yeah, that was today. Uh, yep. So, yep. So by this time uh, next week, uh, we will have that, or next episode, I should say. Yeah. Uh, we'll have that full list to go over and, and critique, and I'll probably be shaking my fist at clouds or something, knowing how <laughs> sometimes they reprint stuff that's it's good that they're reprinting. Sometimes it's like, why didn't you reprint? Uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm still gushing over the Lowe's Cobra reprint because that is a card that I've been targeting for a while, just haven't pulled the trigger, and boom, there it is. Right. I'm, mm, right. man, oh, I'm excited. Yeah. God, yeah. I'm excited for a green card, Joe. What is wrong with me? Who yeah. am I? Uh, I would not be too excited for a green card in standard right now because uh, every green card in standard is going to have a, car, a target on its back. Quite frankly, like I, so. when when I looked at, it, I didn't even react saying green doesn't need any help. I was like, woohoo! Like that's yeah, something's wrong, man. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I mean, imagine this thing's going to be in standard. Um, yeah, uh, without fetch lands. Yeah, well, so we're gonna... but you still get fabled passage. Yeah, you do. Yeah, so and so we were talking yeah, we, already about like, oh, uh, like what's the quickest we can power out Uro Titan of Nature's Wrath for escape uh, with uh, Lotus Cobra, and we're like, oh yeah, Merfolk Secret Keeper is a card in the format still. Uh, <laughs> Merfolk Secret Keeper myself on turn one, like you know, uh, was it, dig deeper or whatever on turn one, you know, mill myself for four, yep. uh, you know, hopefully hit an Uro in that four. Uh, you know, go to turn two, cast Lotus Cobra, go turn three, uh, cast, you know, play, play a, uh, Fable Passage, crack Fable Passage, get another mana, uh, four mana, escape Uro. Yeah, <laughs> you just, three. you just, yeah, you just turn three, yeet Uro onto the yeah. battlefield. It's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty dumb. So. Uh, what? Which then gets you another land that you've probably drawn, right? And yet yeah, more mana from yep. yeah, Lotus Cobra, right? So yeah, so really incredibly stupid. So I, I have a feeling that card's gonna be done. Yeah, 
Uh, so let's talk about new. Uh, they also have made a lot of product announcements. Yeah, on the stream, uh, tons, they tons did. of product announcements. We we have pretty much the entirety of 2021 uh, product announcements, uh, and that includes mm -hmm. all of the standard product and all of the supplemental product. Uh, well, well, not all of the supplemental some, product, but the right. big supplemental products that they the, wanted to the, talk about. Uh, yes. And, uh, so first of all, standard lineup. Uh, so uh, we're we're doing Zendikar Rising uh, now. Mm -hmm. uh, the next set after that is a brand new plane uh, that we have not been to before, uh, and that is Kaldheim. Uh, yes. I am really excited for that. Uh, it's expected that Kaldheim <sighs> is where uh, the character Angrath is from. Uh, quite possibly. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so we might see Angrath again. Uh, but it's like the Nordic mythology plane, uh, and I think that's going to oh, be a man. lot of fun. Uh, I've seen it a lot in the uh, the plane chase, you know, uh, planes. Mm -hmm. You know, the the planes that are called I'm locations in the planes. Yes. Uh, and so I'm I'm pretty excited for that. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, and so that mm. is definitely a brand new plane. We've never been there before. Uh, we've seen nope. it in certain storylines. Uh, Again, we, we kind of have this connection with Angraf because uh, Angraf showed it to Hawatli in the uh, Ixalan storyline or whatnot. Right. So, um, yeah, so we're, it, I'm excited for that. Uh, again, they, we don't know anything more about these other than that it's, you know, we're going to Kaldheim. So. Well, my, my speculation is that because it's being released in winter and it's Kaldheim and... Uh, Norse mythology and all that, that uh, this could be the return of snow. And oh maybe, maybe if we don't get quote unquote snow duels, maybe this would be a good spot for the painlands, like your yeah, underground maybe. river, uh, a dark car waste, although a dark car is like a specific name. So I, I don't know, yeah, but yeah. Um, my, my hope because we have Nahiri and Zendikar rising, um, that we get equipment, so we might get Mjolnir and uh, Yarnborn. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, like like get 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 Thor's weapons right right uh, into magic. I, I don't know if they could do that though. I, I don't know where because yeah. then if yeah, you start if you if you then put Yarnborn in, then you gotta then somehow tie Osmandius and Apocalypse in. The next thing you know, there's the Apocalypse twins and the Celest. Oh no, wait. That was the storyline for Uncanny, Uncanny Avengers. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's in the winter. Uh, yeah. And then in the spring, we are going to another new, what we what we're understanding is another new plane. Uh, Everybody forgot about this uh, and because of all the hype with everything yeah, else. This this was just kind of passed over. Yeah. So uh, the, the set is called Strixhaven School of Mages. Mm -hmm. uh, Strixhaven mm -hmm. is the premier university of the multiverse. Uh, featuring five colleges battling out with their own takes on magic uh, is the tagline. So essentially it's like the Harry Potter of the, you know, the world of the magic world. I, I hope we don't get too close to the uh, Harry Potter, uh, you know, comparisons because J.K. Rowling's an awful person. Uh, and I don't think they, they I think they're probably going to be like, yeah, we're just going to put it at our own magic spin on things. Uh, but, you know, there's still going to be probably something around that but i who knows it looks kind of interesting the the set symbols yeah. and all 
uh, and it probably is going to yeah. have something to do with you know with different types of magic. Hopefully, like one of those colleges of magic is just like a flat out fucking necromancy. Like maybe <laughs> that uh, we, would be great. Like the we, black we could have necromancy. You know. Yeah, we could have creatures that have like three quarters power to kind of give a nod to no, the God, no. station number. That no, uh, well, God, no. I. I I, I kind of do. I kind of want to pause on not pause the podcast, but uh, hit pause on our discussion for a minute and touch on that because we have Zendikar Rising, which you have a um, a, a white base planeswalker who's uh, putting uh, Zendikar first, make Zendikar great again. <laughs> then we go to Kaldheim, which is uh, Norse mythology, uh, Viking, black metal, um, a lot of. Um, a lot of far alt-right dudes kind of see those symbolisms and kind of latch yeah. onto it. And yeah. then you have Strixhaven, which, um, yeah, you mentioned uh, J.K. Rowling already. So it's like, I I normally don't read into stuff like that and like, oh, yeah, man, this is really, you know, but this, it's like, wow, three, back to back to back. It's like, mm, like, read the room. I, yeah. I know that these sets are, are done in advance, and sometimes you just have to be like, look, these are our characters. We are not intending. You know how they say at the end of, like, the credits on a movie. Right. No people right. are whatever. You know, they're not trying to depict, like, actual people or persons or events or whatever, right? Right. And, and I could totally see that Wizards is not intending to make references or connections Regardless of how much uh, red yarn you use on your corkboard to tie all the conspiracies right, together, right? But it, these things are hitting a little too close on the nose, right? So it's like mm, I, I I can understand where people have questions, excuse me, questions and concerns. But one thing that maybe they'll do in Kaldheim, especially because we've seen a lot of Minotaurs show up and just random sets in random places recently so they may be pushing like a minotaur tribal like what you right. mentioned earlier yeah. but get some big strong buff like badass women right badass right. women vikings like going into battle like right. do you remember uh what was it den protector from dragons tark yes. here yeah see, seeing a woman going into battle like that was a big deal Right, like she wasn't just some dainty princess or, or sorceress or wizard or whatever you know, damsel in distress. She's like, I got this weapon in my hand. I'm going to kill you. Like right. <laughs> that. That was an awesome symbol through that art, and the card was pretty sweet too. Right, and hopefully we get some of that here. But yeah, Strixhaven. Um, like everybody forgot about the set, like it just because with the next sets that we're going to talk about, <laughs> I, I I I see Strixhaven as the return of Teferi. Teferi yeah. will show up as an instructor uh, in the set. Uh, book it; it's just <laughs> going to happen. All right. So the the next set is replacing the core set for the year. Uh, there's no core set next year. Uh, as far as I understand, that was something they said. Which, which, this set, which I'm kind of sad about, yeah. but like this replacement. This, oh this my set God. is is super cool. Uh, this is a collaboration with Dungeons and Dragons, a, a full collaboration with Dungeons and Dragons, and the set is called Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. 
dear God, God, let's go. Like, I'm uh, so excited. I, I, uh, and inject it in my veins right now. Had a lot of speculatory conversations with uh, Zach Weasel today on Facebook. Oh, uh, okay. About about it, uh, like we were just kind of like talking about like various things, and he's his his comments were that he thinks that it's going to be uh, pretty low key as far as like you know we're not going to go like full on you know lore stuff, but we're going to do just enough to keep to have the entrenched players feel good about it, but also just like enough to be able to get new people into the like the idea of the world and stuff. Uh, sure. So, because I'm like, all right, like, where where's the Dritzt card? You know, what's it gonna look yes. like? You know, where's the Elminster? You know, are we gonna do pan? Are oh, we gonna yeah. do Pantheon? Like, are we gonna focus on, you know, some gods and some goddesses? Like, is that a thing that's oh, gonna yeah. happen? Can, you know, can you imagine like like a, a mythic? Ra- well, probably just a regular rare because uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Like Elminster, chosen of Mistra. Like you open that right. in the pack, it's like, oh my god! Like it, it's him, right. right? Or you get you open up a pack and you have Dritz and uh, the token in the pack is Guinevere. Yeah, uh, I, I like, have a feeling. Oh so we god. were joking. I was like, was like, was like well, okay. So I'm, I'm assuming that Dritz is gonna probably end up being Selesnya colors. Uh, he's because he, uh, he's a ranger and and yeah, know, whatever. Uh, he's probably gonna be Selesnya. Uh, he'll probably have double strike because uh, that makes sense. Yes. He'll probably be like a 4-3. Uh, like, uh-huh. uh, and then he'll have like an ability that creates the token or whatever. Uh, and he'll also have protection from red. Uh, and for those that don't know anything about Dritzt, uh, protection from red is a reference to uh, his one of his scimitars that he carries called Icing Death uh, that gives mm-hmm. him protection from fire magic uh, yes so it would make a lot of fun sense for him to have pro rad uh, oh my god that card would be 50 dollars before <laughs> it even saw print yeah oh Every, I know. everybody oh, would I know. want it yeah uh and then like so we were talking like always oh, maybe is there like you know maybe some gods or goddesses like that would be kind of fun uh like bane. you know I, I don't know if they'll do bane but and I, and I hate they, to say oh, that because like I know you're a big they Bane guy. They have to but, do Bane. But uh, I, I feel like they would if they were going to do some gods and goddesses, they would touch on ones that have been like at the forefront of a lot of the storylines in the story, Bane. like Mistra. Like Mistra would yeah. be a big one. Uh, Bane. You know, if we have, uh, if we have a dressed card in the in the set, uh, Maliki makes a big sense. As you know, Dritz, mm-hmm. patron goddess, uh, Loth, Loth, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, maybe even like the Bane, maybe Bane, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll <laughs> maybe give you Bane. Uh, I was also thinking like, you know, maybe we get like Tiamat and Bahamut, like you know, cause oh, they're the demigods of you know the dragons, the dragon races. Oh, a five color Tiamat. Oh, yeah, five color Tiamat, oh, and then a colorless Bahamut. Because oh my know, goodness, Kabahama's the the um, metallic dragon god. Yeah, you know, you know. Um, oh but I, I doubt he... that maybe those two would get because those. I mean, they are Ferunian, but they were more like Dragonlance. So um, yeah, it's true. They were kind of absorbed a yeah. little bit, but man, Mistra like, makes, imagine... makes the most sense as a as a card. And, and, um, like if they were going to do and it, and you did them as god cards, right? Uh, right? Kelimvor oh, makes a lot of sense. 
Yeah, oh my god, so, yes. I mean, there's a lot of, like, the Ferranian Pantheon is, is you know, a big deal. Oh. Uh, so I have a feeling we'll see something of that. Uh, just enough to get people Poor. interested. And again, yeah. again, I, I do agree. I, I will agree with, um, you know, Zach on that part where I think that they'll capture the feel of Dungeons and Dragons from the Dungeons and Dragons standpoint of Dungeons and Dragons, where it's like, you know, the mm-hmm. the adventuring and the, you know, you know, fighting, you know, creatures and dungeons and stuff like that. I have a feeling that will be a thing that will occur. Yeah, that, and then we'll true. get just enough with the fl- Forgotten Realms, the Faerunian flavor. Uh, to kind of get people interested in it, if they don't, if they don't give us the gods, like because there's a bunch of them, even Corlon oh, yeah. Lorethian, uh the father of elves, right? Yeah, there's uh, tons. He is in multiple. He's in multiple uh, planes, right? Like he's not just strictly forgotten realms, right? Uh, but like, if they don't do that, like, give me Fizul Shimbrel, chosen of Bane. I would be totally down with that. I, I would be willing to compromise, yeah. giving me a legendary of Bane's essentially second in command. Like, cool. Um, but we, what, like, if we had to go, go like, to what really we mentioned deep, earlier. Like, um, like, Maradon could be, like, a really good one. Like, you know, the, yeah, right. the, god, the god of the dwarves and, you know, stuff like that, you know. Yeah. So I, I feel like if they're going to do it, they're going to do ones that are, like, that people are more likely to know. Like I could like literally yeah. see like like okay we could see Mistra, you know we could see Maliki because you know Dritz Dritz super popular mm-hmm. everybody knows who Maliki is because of Dritz. Uh, we could see Lolf as a, a opposing baddie, you know whatnot. Uh, we could probably see Kelimvor. Uh We could probably see Tempest, honestly, because if we <sighs> ever if we get Wolfgar at all as a creature, you know, a card. Like, it would be sweet if we just got the Companions of the Hall as a set. Like, that would be just fantastic for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also, I was talking to um, Steve Hendrickson about on Twitter, on, on Facebook as well, uh, and we were talking mm-hmm. about equipment and stuff like that, and I was like, well, I think we just need a equipment that is the hand crossbow that um, Catterly developed uh, that shot mm-hmm. uh, air, uh, cr- tiny crossbow bolts that were filled with oil of impact. <laughs> and that just needs to be an equipment. Like, it, it, you know, it unattaches itself or something like that, and it deals, you know, damage to mm-hmm. the uh, a creature or whatever. <laughs> so... The- there, there is one thing they can do with the set to make up for a tribe that hasn't gotten a lot of love in Magic's 27-year history. Can you name that tribe for me, Joe? Dwarves? <laughs> well, Although, I mean, dwarves, dwarves do need but it. I'm thinking about another one. Uh, I got, got nothing. Because dwar- dwarves, dwarves got a little love in Yeah, college. but, like... I'm talking orcs. Yeah, yeah, orcs are a thing in Forgotten Realms. I mean, we mm-hmm. have, you know, Obold... You know, King Obold, and that's, you know, a a thing that could happen. Uh, The orc god Grunch, Uh, you know, could also show up. Yeah, so, I mean, that's another thing that could happen. So, yeah, Uh, I mean, there's just, there is so much to Faerun, uh, and I I don't know how they're going to pack it all into one set. I think, like I said, I think I agree with Zach in that it's going to be, you know, 
it's go- it's going to be you know just enough to kind of have you know the and the flavor text and stuff is going to be just enough to get people you know interested uh but there's going to be you know most of the focus is going to be on the typical D&D style of gameplay so but we're going to get a lot of right flavor. and and yeah that, that's why the whole party mechanic in Zendikar Rising is interesting because you're getting people used to warrior cleric wizard right, right. rogue the the your your atypical base level class your starter level classes right. really um what's interesting is there was a druid and um uh, was it from eventide i think there's a druid card that's been increasing in price lately because of some speculation and unfortunately that didn't pan out and um uh, in Zendikar Rising. Right. Uh, God, what was it? I can't remember the name of the card. Wait, was it? Maybe it was from last week. I'm efforting to find the information now. But there was a lot of speculation because people thought, well, something's going to happen with classes. And it's cool because, like, angel cards are getting classes. Right. Like, you, instead of just angel, it's like angel rogue or right. angel warrior. So it's kind of, like, really defining them, which kind of helps out a lot in regards to what they're trying to do with the uh, making class important again. Um, I can't find it, but it's the the card I'm looking for is not the point, but the fact that that was going up and then probably starting to go, go back down, but maybe going back up again because it's like, well, what if they actually have cards that are druids? Right. Because a, a druid is a class in Dungeons right. and Dragons. How are they going to do bard? Right. Like, so, well, well Will we get Deacon from the Neverwinter Nights uh, <laughs> computer game series? Oh, God. Deacon the Bard? It would be so awesome. The Cobalt right? like, Bard. There's just so many. Yeah. Yes. There's so many things they can, can we do. Just have, and, and we have Cobalt of for, the Tribe that actually is good. Yeah, that's right? another one. So, yeah. Oh, man. Like, oh. Yeah, there, there's probably only going to be about 259, 260 cards or so in the set, counting basic right. lands. And... Yeah, there's not enough room to really do everything. And what's what I'm seeing on my end is I tell people that uh, I, I full disclosure for the viewers at home, uh, I play on a Neverwinter Nights uh, user created server called Forgotten Realms Cormier. Neverwinter Nights is a computer game made by Bioware a, a yeah. millennia ago, oh, an yeah. age ago, back in 2003. There were uh, two main expansions, uh, Shadows of Undertide and... Uh, Hordes of the Underdark. Um, H- Hordes of the Underdark, yes, yep, thank yep, you. Yep. Um, and once those were together, uh, and you could even do it with Neverwinter Nights, but really once those were together, the the Persistent World servers took off. It's all in programming C++ or C++, I think it is, for creating the world and all that stuff, and there's a tool set and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so... The folks uh, over at Forgotten Realms Cremere uh, stopped as far as canon uh, at the end of, I think, uh, 1374 in the Dale Reckoning calendar. On the server right now, it's like 1383 or 84. And I keep pointing out to the DMs, like, hey, there's like things that are supposed to be happening. You know, they're like, no, 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 no. We stopped here. Your story is not necessarily following canon for your characters. And I'm like, all right, whatever. But I've played there for a long time, even with a five-year break. Like, if you 
add that in. I've been on that server probably like 13 years. Like, mm-hmm. I left for five years, came back, and people were like, oh, my God, how are you doing? <laughs> um, so I, I posted there, like, hey, y'all, this is a thing. Hold on to your butts. And it's like crickets. Yeah. Like, like no, no one's hyped about it because Magic has this stigma of, like, oh, that game's too expensive. you got to, like, buy crazy amounts of boxes and rip open packs to build your deck or cards are too expensive, and um, the literal, and I, I hate using this language on our show because we are part of the community, but the literal asshole-ish uh, attitude that the grinders have when it comes to building decks and, and even just conversing about magic, uh, that puts a lot of people off. So these people who may have played and gave up and went to D&D or... Uh, know about it but don't want to participate or play already have like expectations set in their mind like that's the thing cool you're doing that i I ain't touching it because of predisposed uh uh thoughts on what it is now hopefully it will get new players in the game people who just started playing D&D, who maybe aren't familiar with magic oh wow cool i can here's a dwarf this looks like my character or whatever and and, and they go. Right. So there might be that, especially with Magic Arena. God, can you imagine opening this on Magic Arena? I'm going to open so many packs. <laughs> I know, right? Um, <laughs> Me but, too. But conversely, on the other side, all of us Magic players are losing our collective minds over the set. So it's like I'm seeing both sides of the coin. It's so weird. Right. Because I would think there'd be a lot of hype from both ends, but at least those that I know that play D&D, and don't get me wrong, playing on Neverwinter Nights is not akin to playing pen and paper. Like, there's a lot of disconnect from that because of the tool set and how it is and etc. But, you know, just looking at their comments on the base service, it's like, I'm, I'm getting way more buzz about this on the magic side of things. Than I am on the D and D side of things, and I hope this doesn't blow up in their face because maybe next year they do Eberron right. or Dark right. Sun or Ravenloft. No Dark Sun. Wait, no, they, they they can just go to Innistrad to do Ravenloft. Spoiler alert. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, so yeah. Spoiler. Uh, I don't, I don't spoiler know, man. alert. Yeah, we are going uh, back to Innistrad after the set. Uh, Why? And, uh, not only that, not only are we going back to Innistrad, uh, but we are getting two separate sets of Innistrad in the fall. I I, I have it's, thoughts it's on so that. It's so weird. It's it's an odd idea, but basically we're getting Innistrad werewolves and Innistrad vampires. Uh, and they're... Yeah, which those aren't the official names, by the way. Those, those are just kind of placeholder names. They have not released the official name of these Innistrad sets or set or whatever. Did they say that? No, yeah, okay. yeah, they said that. They, they have not... Whatever we're seeing on the slide is just a placeholder right. name. It's not like the official right. name of the set. So yeah, uh, I don't know. It's it's uh, sure it's Innistrad. Like I guess we were gonna have to have at least one return set of the year, and Innistrad seems fine. So yeah, I, I get it because we're going back to Zendikar, and we're seeing Zendikar after the. Uh, the destruction of battling the Eldrazi and finally getting them eradicated. Or, right. So now we got to go to Innistrad 
and pick the pieces up there too. Right. So we get to see the after effects of that plane. And I guess there's going to be some peace between the werewolves and the vampires. I have no idea. Or something. I, I don't know. But what what this screams to me as a player and consumer and someone who has seen uh, the time-shifted cards. Uh, spoiler alert on that. Um, the time-shifted cards being a test for the mythic. Cold Snap being a... Uh, actually, Cold Snap and... Uh, Eventide being a test for can we release four sets a year every year? Um, seeing uh, how magic rotates and at Scars of Mirrodin calling that Tarmogoyf will be reprinted uh, before, not the set after Scars of Mirrodin, but the one after that, which would have been Return to Ravka. And oops, here's Modern Masters. So I'm not some insider. I'm not some MTG financier. Ugh. Um, but I pay enough attention where I see the signals and I can kind of call my shot and get a real sense of what's going on. And ooh, it happens. What I feel is going on is they're trying to find a place to release a fifth standard set a year. And this is going to be their test. Yeah, quite possibly. Uh, I, I have no, no real... Yeah, you know, say on that. So it's. I I mean they're they're going to do what they want to do. I mean there's nothing you and I individually can do to stop them. Um, if they feel they can do it without burning themselves out or making mistakes like Oko and companions, cool. Yeah. But the more sets they put out, the less time they have to quote unquote test, right. and more mistakes could come out, which leads to more bannings, and we're back to look at topics from the previous 16 episodes of the Astrolab podcast to get a sense of where we would be going again. Right. Uh, so yeah, so, that was it for the anyway. standard product lineup for the year. Uh, and then we have, yeah, we're uh, not we done. Some supplemental product <laughs> to talk about. Uh, and the first thing I have on uh-huh. my list is pretty much literally the coolest thing ever. Uh, and I, I'm just excited for this set so much. Uh, it is Time Spiral time. Remastered. Uh, and it is Time yes. Spiral Block distilled into one draft experience. And based on my, my look at how they managed to make Amonkhet Remastered, Time Spiral Remastered is probably going to be just as good. Uh, they finally figured on out your butts. what makes a remastered set good in terms of the draft experience. Because uh, it mm-hmm. seems like Amonkhet Remastered really, really nailed that. Uh, so I'm pretty pretty happy that they're doing this. But the biggest thing about this mm-hmm. is that uh, one card in each booster that you get will be an old border reprint. And oh. we are talking cards like Chalice of the Void was the card that they showed uh, on the stream in yeah. the original Mirrodin art with an old border artifact frame, the brown artifact frame. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, uh, these will also come in foil, uh, and they will come yes. in shooting star foils, the old skull foil look, looking foils. Uh, and this yep. is not just a Magic Online release or a Arena release. In fact, it's actually not going to be on Arena, from what I understand. Uh, Correct. It's, it's not on Magic Arena, Online, but will be on Magic Online. Online. But it is a f- tabletop physical booster release. 
Uh, and so it is. It is you will about, be able to acquire it's about damn time. old old border copies of Chalice of the Void. Uh, cards like Path to Exile uh, is one of the ones that they mm-hmm. showed. Uh, and as I understand, uh, in talking about this and kind of like the chatter that's come out of uh, primarily uh, Gavin Verhey on uh, the, on Twitter is that a lot of this set came out of uh, the commentary of several individuals that have been around the community. But one big important subset of those individuals has been the Leaving a Legacy podcast. Uh, and, and it's because oh, cool. uh, Gavin is a perennial guest on Leaving a Legacy. He's been a guest on there for several years, I think three or four years going now. He's always on there for mm-hmm. like their holiday episode or whatnot. Uh, and one of the things that they've always talked about with Gavin is old border cards, old border cards. Can you get us old border cards? And Gavin always says, keep asking me. I'll keep asking. Uh, and apparently like between him and between those guys uh, and also uh, Rachel Agnes, uh, who also now works yeah. at Wizards. Uh, she yes. was one of the ones that was also pretty ver- vocal about wanting old border cards as well. Uh, and uh, in fact, you know, she was like one of the people that came out and said, yeah, I, I saw these when they first put them in the, like the files and stuff like that. She's a, and, and she was like, and I couldn't believe they were actually finally doing something that I've been asking for, for, you know, years. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. She's been there nine yeah. years. So just to Rachel's think that this person who, uh, well, she's been playing magic. Oh nine yeah. Years. yeah I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. She's she, been playing magic been, nine years. She's been with wizards. So I think for, like a year or two now? Two, two or three years, like yeah. So. so just think in that short amount of time that she's been there that this has been something they've been working right. on. So who knows how long it's been in the pipeline or in the, the files or right. whatever there for them to eventually do. Well, Ga- Gavin um, was the lead product architect for this one, so yeah. Yeah. Well, so, it's yeah. weird. I was thinking about this the other day going through decks. Um, and just looking at what I have and stuff and like fetching in a legacy deck, like sure. You have Constark here versions of flooded strand and polluted Delta and what have you. Right. And there are no old border styles of the enemy fetch lands. Right. So th- those are always show up in the more modern as in modern set type frame. But you go through your deck and you see like, your revised tundra right but all your other cards are in the modern frame because they're so uh, and we've talked about this a little bit like how much uh, the standard design impacts so many formats that you see standard cards like questing beast go all the way back to legacy right not even further so you get these new border cards mixed in with old border cards and when you're fetching it just it just doesn't feel right it just feels weird like things don't there, there's an aesthetic that seems to be missing right in regards to because you're you're building your your deck correctly for whatever you want to do based on strategy or whatever but you go through it's like oh all right there's a beta forest there's some other old border card and here's like three stand cards from the last three standard sets or whatever right. it just it throws me off like uh, granted uh, competitive players aren't really going to care. Um, they'll get it to bling or make it look nice or whatever. But I will those who actually like care how the deck looks, like you know, this will be a way to kind of 
fix or mend that a little bit. I will say this, that Gavin did say that that will probably have quite a few uh, legacy goodies uh, in these old border mm-hmm. slots. Uh, so I would not be surprised okay. to see a card like Ponder. I would not be surprised to see a card like Preordain uh, in this uh, at all. Like, I just, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised to see some of this, those cards. Uh, what would really sell it for me uh, would be if we mm-hmm. got an old-bordered Planeswalker. Uh, that would be oh super cool. Uh, and I can think of no better Planeswalker to put in that slot than uh, the perennial home of Legacy, uh, Jace the Mind Sculptor. Like, I think that would be super neat if they made a Jace that was an old border Jace. He's bad in Legacy, though. But, I mean, he's. He (laughs) has, you know, has had his uses in the past, and he was a poster child of the format for a long time, so. I'm down to one in my blue Legacy deck, Joe. One. Super cool, though, to see it happen, though. I'm down to one. How is Uh, this happening? How. There there are a couple other ones that I kind of want to see. Like I would, I would be happy with like, I would be happy to see like Chrome Mox or something like that. Like that would be sure. really cool. Like a lot of the artifacts, uh, artifacts especially, like artifacts especially for me mm-hmm. are really huge. Like because that would be like really, it's really cool to see like old. Bo- I love the old board brown brown artifacts. Uh, so it would be really mm-hmm. neat to see some of the artifacts more than just like Chalice. Uh, so. You know, like I said, Chrome Mox is one. Moxable would be pretty sweet to see. You know, yeah, Trinisphere, yeah, Trinisphere, uh, Thorn of Amethyst. Uh, you know that sort of. Thing. Oh yeah. So yeah, all, just, all your prison pieces. Right, all your oh, prison man. pieces. Yeah, like all all the stuff that you know makes artifact decks artifact decks. Uh, might be cool to see. Yeah, I mean, there's some, there's a lot you I can think of in the modern frame that would be really neat to see. Uh, between, you know, just blue decks. Uh, imagine if we got, like, an old-bordered, like, Thoughtseize. You know, that would be super oh, cool. Dude. Uh, it would have to be played in the format, though. I'm kidding. Maybe, like, you know, silly stuff like Young Pyromancer. Like an old-bordered Young. Dark, dark Confidant. Confidant. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of stuff, you know. So I, I am excited. Yeah. I mean, we already know that we're it's probably not going to be all legacy goodies, but there will probably be some modern goodies, too, in there. No. There was, uh, what, 121 uh, in Time Spiral. I don't know if they're going to stick to that yeah. same number. So there won't be room for everything. Like, we'll probably wind up getting Squire or uh, um, some random Thalid. Or something. I, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll, I don't know. There'll probably be stuff in there that, that's. I have a feel, there'll, there'll be some draft chat. I have in a there, feeling there's going to be. There's going to. They're going to be. Like they're not going to be all like Chalice of the Voids, but I feel like the, no. I feel no. like the, like Chalice is like one of the big ceilings. I feel like the the floor is going to mm-hmm. be stuff like Ponder Preordain, and like Path to Exile, right. which are like solid role playing support cards that are central to to various archetypes, and the formats. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like that's going to be a thing. Like we could see like, you know, something like goblin guide for like burn. Like we could see something like Eidolon of the great rebel for burn. Like, you know, those kinds of things, you know, oh, wow. or, you know, I, I, I probably would say expect goblin guide more, but like goblin guy, mm-hmm. mock like old school. Yeah. Mox Opal. Like Mox Opal, you know, um, 
you know, stuff like stuff that are, you know, well, Mox Opal is another card that's like Chalice. That would be kind of like at the top. Uh, but I'm talking like at the sure. lower end of things, you're going to see these cards. Like they already showed us one already. It showed us Path to Exile. So if like the floor yeah. is like Path to Exile, that's a pretty good floor. <laughs> that That's real. And it, it was printed in what? Jumpstart? Right. And was it in Double Masters? It's been reprinted like, a lot. It's been printed a lot. But... And it's still money. Right. Yeah, but it's still money. And an old border copy is going to look... It looks really sweet. And it's still going to be money and an old border. Yep. And there will be foils of those available. So... And that is true. And on top of that, because they're they're old border and they're, they'll be using the original art, from what I understand, at least from what it appears they showed yeah. us, get them signed by the right. artist. Imagine having an... Uh, a playset of old border style Chalice of the Void signed by Mark right. Zug. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, man, it's it's interesting. I'm, I, I'm excited. Uh, mm-hmm. So it it should be very very interesting uh, to see you know what this is going to look like you know because it, yeah, well, it's just a really neat idea. Like uh, I'm excited for it entirely. He, so. Here's a thought. What if, go with me here, what if those old border style cards are somehow, and, and, and there'd be a lot of convincing needs to be done, but are somehow made legal into pre-modern? Oh, God. We talked about that already. We actually talked about um, like uh, that with like middle school uh, and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, in the team series. Or yeah, middle school. Discord, yeah. And we were like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know about that. Like, we're not sure. So, because, like, I was thinking of, like, cards like Aether Vile would be cool to see. Yeah. In, like, old Border. Uh, that would be kind of neat uh, to see. There's got to be a gold card somewhere, though. And it's because it's the old Border gold cards. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. We're... That's uh, springtime, I believe. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That that that's yeah. springtime. So yeah, we, we have a ways to go. Strixhaven, yeah, is when that comes out. Yes, so it'll be interesting. I'm I'm curious for it. Uh, the other uh, yep. supplemental product that they announced that's a set release uh, for next year is Modern Horizons Two. Because uh, if we didn't need to mess modern up anymore, we can mess up modern even more. Uh, I, I, I can confirm yeah. that I do know some of this work, working on, worked on Modern Horizons 2. Uh, my buddy Nat mm-hmm. did work on it, uh, again, like, as he worked on, um, the first Modern Horizons. Uh, so Nat, okay. knows, uh, he, he definitely worked on Modern Horizons 2 again. Uh, and, uh, I also saw what was reading somewhere that, uh, Sam Black also worked on Modern Horizons 2. Uh, so I, I'm just expecting okay. the set to be just a colossal, uh, you know, shakeup of everything we come to know and love because that's was the status quo for Modern Horizons. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I I don't I don't know. Um, I have a feeling that Modern Horizons Two will not have the impact on modern. And, and granted, and everything else. the impact Modern Horizons had on Modern was, was pretty rough. But it won't have the same impact as the first Modern Horizons set, even after the bannings. Like, 
with Modern Horizons 1, even after the banning of Hogak and, um, and all the other bannings and unbannings that they've done in Modern to kind of course correct the oops, we did stuff. <laughs> um, I, 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 I'm, st I'm still seeing like Soul Herder decks right. uh, showing up here and there. Um, Smiting Helix has been played on and off in Dredge. Like right. there's, we're 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 over a year from when Modern Horizons was released, and there are people still finding cards to put in the decks. Like there's in your uh, in the Ninja deck, there's a card for yeah, Modern Horizons the in there, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Which is a, a shapeshifter, well, which also could be one. Infiltrator. So yeah, yeah, which, which is a shapeshifter, which could be one of the um, uh, one of the party right. members. In your modern Zendikar Rising party deck or whatever, that's an, another thing. So yeah, there, there's still people looking in that set for cards to use and play. I just have a feeling this next time around, like the the jig is up. We already know what's going on, right. and th this set instead of putting the um, the Allied Color Horizon lands, they're giving us the enemy color fetch lands at rare. So I'm like, there, yeah, they'll be at rare, uh, but I have a feeling because uh, Modern Horizons one, you could find booster packs, uh, you know, within three months after its release at like six bucks pack. I have a feeling Modern Horizons two is going to be eight bucks a pack because we have enemy color fetch yeah. lands. So I I don't think it will impact the price as much, or if it does, it will be very brief, like two months three at the most so once prices dip you need to get in and get your fetch lands and get out real quick right but my concern is that people will see this your mtg not fine aunts uh and start buying up all the allied color fetch lands and then those will go up right and it's like well where are the reprints for those right so yeah, I don't know, it's man. gonna be interesting. Uh, I told Nat already. I said, I said, you know, if this set doesn't just have like Hogak's dad in it as a card, I'm just gonna be completely <laughs> upset with you. And he was like, was well, he was like, oh yeah. And he was like, I was like, Hogak's dad uh, has has a dad joke as you know his like flavor text or something like that. You know, and, and of course mm -hmm. it'll be the flavor text of you know, hey, you know how that graveyard got started? Somebody died. <laughs> you know, that's going to be that, you know, or something like that. And then we joke right. that he'll probably have so much text on him that uh, he won't have room for flavor text. So, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. we also were joking on Twitter about uh, the fact that uh, we're just going to get Renin 7 and it's just going to have the exact same ability <laughs> as Renin 6, except it's going to get like two more abilities and it's going to cost like one hybrid red mana, red hybrid red green. <laughs> you oh, know, good lord because why not ban <laughs> uh, legacy pretty bad because we already know this card's dumb uh, so yeah right uh, yeah I don't know it, it's gonna be interesting uh, and then uh, the final supplemental product that they announced are secret layer products uh, and the first secret layer yeah. is uh, one that is actually gonna be uh, out this week uh, for purchase uh, It'll be out the day that this yep. podcast uh, premieres. Yep. So if and you're listening is, to this in the future, oops. Yep, and it, it's basically it's September 3rd is Yargle Day, and it is Secret Lair Yargle. 
Uh, and mm-hmm. I am laughing my butt off at Secret Lair Yargle. I think it's hilarious and, and such an adorable idea. Uh, for those who don't know who but, Yargle but, but is, Joe. Yargle is a, a yeah. character from the Dominaria set. It was a vanilla mm-hmm. 9-3 uh, which is why it's being released on September ninth, or is that September third, uh, nine three, his power and toughness, mm-hmm. uh, and it was literally just a, a uh, vanilla nine, you know, vanilla nine three that was just really, really just a bad card. Uh, this is a frog yeah, behemoth or it's something? A, it's a, he's a frog. He's a legendary frog. Uh, is uh, yeah, Yargle Glutton of Urborg. He's four, four, four and a black mm-hmm. for a legendary creature, Frog Spirit, nine three. And yes, yes. Like quite literally, people like Yargle so much. Uh, they just thought the the Yargle was so hilarious that they just took and they put a bu- Yargle on a bunch of card arts. Uh, and yeah, so- Swords of the Plowshares, Fatal Push, Anger mm-hmm. of the Gods, and Explore. Yeah. And they all have Yargle on them in some way. Uh, the Explore one the is Explore pretty one funny. The Explore one is pretty funny because it's literally just the Explore art, except Yargle's down in the lower left-hand corner going, Yee! Look at me! Yeah. Uh, I also really like the um, the Source of Plashers one. I think that's really, really adorable. Uh, it, yeah, it's just Yargle and he's munching sword. on the sword. Yeah, he's holding a sword. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, the, um, the Opt is, like, him... Like standing in front of like where Teferi would be on the opt art, or whatnot, which is right. hilarious. Uh, so yeah, I I, yeah. I think that and, that's pretty funny. Uh, and and yes, Yargle can be your commander because he's legendary. He's not a good one though. <laughs> well, no, and he is available to play on Magic Arena because Dominaria is a set yeah. you can open. I have. Yay, yay, Yargle Secret Lair. I think that's hilarious. Uh, and then <laughs> yep. the other uh, Secret Lair announcement they made, announcement of, and it's just simply an announcement because they didn't have any cards to show of it, although I guess they showed a token or whatnot that will be a part of it, and it's a collaboration Secret Lair uh, with mm-hmm. AMC's The Walking Dead, uh, which is... A little late, like, though, on that, right? Isn't uh, Walking Dead kind of on the downtrend? Yeah, kind of. I don't know. I've, I've never really, like, got into into Walking Dead too much. So, you know, it Same. wasn't really a show that I really wanted to sit around, sit down and really just watch. Uh, I mean, it, it's cool, though, like, kind of back to our Dungeons & Dragons right. thing, right? Like, people who uh, are into Walking Dead may notice Magic right. the Gathering, right? Right. And I, I think it's neat. I, 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 they, they showed a picture of the like the token or whatever it was like a, a zombie walker token or whatnot, mm-hmm. and it has you know, you know some flavor text on there that belongs to you know Rick Grimes from uh, the Walking Dead, and so I, I don't know. I, Carl, Carl. Yeah. No, I, I'm I don't know. Kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm indifferent. So like, yeah, meh. <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, that's all the product announcements we got, uh, and you know, whatnot. Jeez. So it's quite a bit. Uh, I also do want to mention, uh, this, cause this just came up today, uh, on uh, Twitter, uh, that they posted about, but, uh, PAX online is next week. Uh, I think from the, Good board. the 12th through the 20th. So 
Saturday. The, the, uh, sorry, yeah, yeah, not next week, but two weeks from now, the 12th through the 20th, uh, is PAX Online, uh, and they are. No, that's next week because it's not this weekend; it's yeah, the following okay, weekend. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, tw- 12th yeah, through the 20th. 12th through the 20th yeah. is, is PAX Online. Uh, they are doing uh, several, uh, you know, because they're going to do Zendikar Rising pre-releases, uh, but they are also. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. lot. They're going to be doing uh, the Magic Online All Access events because it is hosted by Pastimes, uh, who also uh, helped mm-hmm. uh, host Gen Con Online. Uh, and so uh, I will just say that for a very, very cheap, uh, low, low price of entering prelim events uh, on their system, you will get access to every card on Magic Online. Uh, and I think it's what? A hundred bucks. Uh, I think you can actually register. Not the digital pass does it. That no, no. That the digital the passes don't do anything. You have to enter an event. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I I couldn't find the information, but I yeah. was looking on my phone for it. But yeah, they have um, the packs online, the magic online schedule, uh, and basically mm-hmm. the way it works. Uh, so there are prelim events, which are like twenty-five dollars or so. Uh, yeah, it's like twenty-five dollars. Yeah, yeah, pre, yeah. You have to enter like a prelim event, championship prelim event, and of course that feeds into a mm-hmm. a, a championship event that will occur on uh, the Sunday of September twentieth. Uh, so uh, there'll be a vintage, there'll be a vintage champs, a modern champs, and a legacy champs on that Sunday, uh, and in order to qualify for one of those, you have to do well, like, I think you have to do, like, 4-0 or whatnot in one of the prelim events, which there are a ton of them. Uh, and then, of course, uh, when you sign up for one of these events, uh, you get a token that gives you access to a, uh, any of the, um, all of the Magic Online uh, cards, odd Magic Online. Yeah, you, you yeah, have a god account, god account. So for twenty five dollars, twenty five dollars, you can play Legacy, you can play mm-hmm. Vintage on Magic Online, and figure out this format. And you get them for like the entire uh, week. You pretty much get them until uh, Wednesday, September twenty third, is when the, the it ends. So for $25, right. entering a prelim gets you access to every, every card on Magic Online in your account as a, as a uh, non-tradable card or whatnot for, for an entire week. Uh, so you can spend that yep. entire week. You can play a prelim event. Maybe you do well. Maybe you don't. Who knows? Uh, you can go... Oh, you get... If you go 3-1, uh, 3-1 or better. So if you go 3-1 or 4-0... You get a invite to the champs event. So Neat. for twenty five dollars, you can play a four round event, and then you can also just play leagues the rest of the week, with whatever you want, whatever format you want. Yeah. Uh, yep. Or hang out or in the practice room. Practice room. room. Uh, there's you know the championship events uh, that will be taking place. Also that same weekend, and this is cool. I, I like how this lines up really well. So that Sunday is the Legacy Vintage and Modern Champs events. Saturday, hosted by a completely different uh, <laughs> TO, 
uh, and hosted by uh, one of my good buddies, uh, Nick DeTwiler, uh, who uh, runs the NYSE uh, Vintage Events, uh, which is, uh, I think, the New York Stacks, Stacks Exchange or something like that. So I think it's, I, I can never remember the acronym. Oh, the, the New York yeah, Stock yeah, yeah. Exchange. But no, I can never remember what Nick actually calls it. Uh, and I, I apologize, Nick, if he ever hears this, because I, I, I do know, but I just don't remember it offhand. Uh, but NYAC has been a long-running... Oh, uh, I see. NYAC okay. has been a long-running um, vintage uh, championship event that he, Nick has ran for several years. Uh, I've never been able to get up there to go uh, to to attend it. Um, but uh, he always runs his events with a lot of prizes. Uh, he's always very generous uh, and whatnot. Uh, so this year, of course, NYSE is not in uh, a paper. You know, it's normally this is a paper event. Uh, obviously, you know the times have you know shifted, and we're not able to do that right now. Uh, so he is holding NYSE right. online, uh, and that is going to take place on Saturday. That that Saturday, so Saturday the nineteenth. Uh, is when that'll take place, uh, and that is eleven dollar cool. entry uh, to get in, and uh, so basically it's like ten dollars for him for his stuff, and then like a dollar for MTG Melee, which is the uh, site that is uh, managing the tournament for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know you can pay twenty five dollars, get your God account, play through the entire week. You can then take that God account and use it to play vintage for Nick on that Saturday and qualify for the, and then you can qualify for the championship at some time during the week and also play the championship. So if you want to play that entire week of just playing nothing but like legacy and vintage, you can do that. And for $25. Yep. Uh, and that is a super good deal. Honestly, that's, that's it's a super solid. good deal because then you can just like, Oh, I want to play every deck in the format. Cool. I can do that. I can do whatever I want. I can play any deck. Uh, and I think that's mm-hmm. super cool. I'm glad that they're doing these kind of events. Uh, I do expect we're going to see more of these on Magic Online. And it's great to see them promote Magic Line Online in that fashion. Because, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's crazy to think that, you know, Arena is such a thing that they're going to promote Arena, Arena, Arena. Uh, and sometimes it feels like Magic Online gets kind of left by the wayside. And uh, it I does. Think this is great promotion for Magic Online, especially great promotion for older formats like Legacy and Vintage. Uh, to where, because those formats are relatively cheap on Moto on Magic Online, but you do have to buy into them or use like a rental service or something like that. And that's daunting to people to spend mm-hmm. that kind of money uh, on a, like a rental service or whatnot. For this, you can pay $25 and it lets you try the format, essentially. So this is a great way to like, hey, I, I kind of think I want to play this format, but I don't really know what the games look like. Twenty five bucks, I can start playing the format and figure out what the games look like. And by the end of the week, you might go, I might want to actually build this form, play, build a deck in this format, and then you, you know, eventually just buy into Legacy on Magic Online, or you buy into Vintage, or you pick up a rental service and you do it that way. So I, I'm ex- I, I'm excited. I'm probably not going to be able to participate and much of it i i uh, i already have you know a fairly what could be a, a, i mean i can't play switch every deck like all at once but i can i can play pretty much everything in both formats uh with my rental right. account so i'm not really worried about the paying the money to like tr- enter an event uh, 
And I'm not well, going to be around that weekend for that anyways for <laughs> the champs events. So, right. That that's the thing about these um, digital platforms, your arena and your Magic Online. You only need to quote unquote own uh, four copies of a card. Right. Uh, unlike in paper, like say if I, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Well, for instance, I have Jund in Modern. I also have Burn in Modern. That's eight copies of Lightning Bolt I need. So, when it comes down to uh, making sure my decks are full and ready to go, like if you and I met up and you're like, hey, I want to play Burn tonight, you know, if I'm playing Jund and I only have four copies of Lightning Bolt, well, now I can't play Jund. Right. And if those are the only two decks I brought, we're screwed. So, uh, that's why I'm against floating cards between decks. On Magic Online and on Arena, you don't have that problem. Right. So, if... Um, with the way it's looking right now, and we've talked a little bit about this uh, off-show, and probably we'll talk a little bit more about it off-show tonight, um, uh, especially with the video I saw from Pleasant Kenobi today talking about his response to Fetchlands. Right. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't look like we're going to be playing paper anytime soon. Right. So if you got the if you got the scratch, get in there. Like, yeah. you know. If if you're one of those like me, who doesn't want to play Magic Online or can't afford to play Magic Online, your skills as a player will diminish the less and less you play right. Magic. And you've invested all this money into these cards, and you can't go play the paper right. cards. And you need to find a way, even if you're just a casual person that goes to your F&M, you need to find a way to stay on top of your game. Because once you're back to be able to play your hobby... If you go 03 drop and go home with your tail between your legs, you're going to wonder what all that waiting was for. You might think about selling out. Right. Like, it's not good mentally. You you right. need to, to stay on top of stuff. Or, or maybe you're just at a point where you're like, all right, I'm done with magic, and you go to another hobby. That's cool, too. You know, whatever. But, you know, these access points to allow people to just play the game at a really affordable price needs to be embraced fully by the community and supported. Yeah. I will also mention that um, something they also did with uh, Gen Con Online and something that they're doing with uh, PAX Online uh, is that they mm -hmm. are fully embracing uh, uh, platforms like Spelltable. Uh, and so oh, cool. they are going to have, you'll be able to play uh, on on demand, you know, Commander. Uh, using spell table, mm -hmm. uh, which is really, Neat. really super sweet. Uh, and then also they are actually doing, uh, like they have a super sealed event, uh, that they are doing, uh, via spell table. And basically you kind of have to sign up for that like way early in advance because they will actually mail you product. Uh, and it says huh. they only ship product to addresses in the U S uh, and so the super sealed is forty dollars, uh, and it's a three round event. So it's three rounds, sixty minutes each. You're gonna play on spell table uh, with your opponent, uh, and it's uh, you get one core twenty twenty booster, one throne of Eldraine booster, one Theros Beyond Death booster, one Ikoria booster, one core twenty twenty one booster, and one mystery booster convention edition booster. Uh, and Ooh. they do mention that, uh, for, uh, sakes, uh, that, um, 
and I'm sure that they probably have to package these really well to ship, ship them like this, but uh, all Mystery Booster Convention Edition boosters are snipped open slightly. They snip the corner. Oh. So that they're technically open. So uh, they were doing that before at Grand Prix. Uh, anyways. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. That way people can't just take the packs and sell them. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Right. I mean, because the convention I mean, ones are the ones that come with the test cards. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, God forbid that people just jump all over a magic related product, whether it's actual cards or shoes. Right. Uh, buy them all out, then try and flip them on eBay for $1,500, $2,000 to try and make money instead of, I don't know, getting a real job. Um, you know, they're also doing that, jumpstart. That's, that's kind of crazy. They're also doing a jumpstart field event. Too. Hey, now yeah, that's twenty dollar entry, and you get two jumpstart boosters, uh, which is what you know you normally would expect for jumpstart. Like you get two jumpstart boosters, and then you just, you know, you put them together, and that's how you play. If anything, that's probably the one set, the the one releases here that people have been jonesing to oh, play know, in paper. Right? More than anything else is oh, Jumpstart, God. and this pandemic has screwed yeah, it all I, up. I, 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 Jumpstart was one of those formats <sighs> where I was like, man, I wish I could have played it, played that in paper, because that seems like a lot of fun. So, Oh, yeah. I had thoughts of getting all the possible deck combinations right. just to have it like a cube. Like, right. I, I don't cube, but just to have it like that, that'd be dope. Right. So, yeah, anyway. it's kind of cool. Anyway. They've got some, they got some neat stuff here. You can play Commander... Uh, they have a, um, they have like a plane chase style commander event. Uh, they have sure. a competitive, they have, uh, they have, apparently they have a, a, an understanding of varying, uh, commander, uh, uh, power levels too. So they have a competitive commander and they have a challenging commander, which is like, you know, more of a, you know, not super competitive, but not like you know, super du derpy, you know, social commander, whatnot, you know, uh, and then right. the social commander, which is like, yeah, we're just here to have fun and not, you know, worry about, you know, who wins or whatnot. Uh, they have a raid sure. boss commander. They have two, two headed giant commander and they have a raid boss commander where, yeah. Neat. And so basically the idea of the game is to reduce the raid boss's life to zero or whatnot. Uh, and the raid mm -hmm. boss has 30 life. Uh, for game roll purposes, the raid boss is another player, except it cannot draw cards or lose the game, except for having his life total reduced to zero or gaining 15 poison counters. Players can only attack the raid boss or their opponent's planeswalkers, and players can player can block for the raid boss. I'm not sure how that exa that really works, but it sounds fun. Hmm. Sounds like Arch yeah. Enemy to me, and I think that's hilarious. And I because I like Arch Enemy for planeswalker for uh, commander. Yeah, like an arch enemy on autopilot. Dear God, or something. the one time I actually played uh, arch enemy in Commander is the only uh, arch enemy game I've ever played in my entire life for that format, and I won that mm -hmm. game. Uh, nice. And that was like this is like going back way back because uh, um, I that was when I had the, my Glissa deck and like. Quite literally, like the entire game went. Uh, I have a turn one scheme that says I go get a planeswalker and put it into play. Uh, here's a turn one Garrick Wildspeaker. 
which was, yeah. you know, the good Planeswalker at the time, you know, and I was like, yep. here's the turn one Garrick, and everyone's just like, oh, God. Like, this game's going to be... Yep. Let's just untap some lands. Over super quickly, and it was. Mm-hmm. I, I just demolished the hell out of that table. <laughs> so, and it was like three uh, other some, players. Sometimes I just demolished the hell out of them. It was great. So Nice. Sometimes I'd rather be the arch enemy than the... A typical hero. Yeah, I just love playing the villain role. Maybe that's why I built Brea. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Joe, we we've gone over a lot of stuff, and next week we're gonna have the list to go over on top of more uh, previews from yeah. Zendikar Rising. Like, man, there's just so much going on, and then we're gonna get a little bit of a break, and then we'll be talking about uh, previews for uh, Commander yeah. Legends. Then we'll get a little bit of a break. Then we're going to be talking about uh, all your uh, your black metal bands from uh, Scandinavia and Kaldheim. Right. So, yeah, man, the thing things are getting a little uh, crazy. We, we are in perennial uh, spoiler season, that's for sure. So, uh, indeed. So, all right. So, I guess we should start wrapping up here. Uh, so, uh, let's just go ahead and have Scott tell us where he can find his stuff on the internet uh, and where you can find him. Uh, hey, everybody, if you're still listening, uh, awesome. Thank you for still being here with us. It's been a long episode. Uh, you can find my articles over at LegitMTG.com every Thursday. You can also find me uh, th- by searching for MTG Packfoils on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Joe, how about you? Where can people find you? Uh, yes, you can find me on Twitter at VolrathXP. Uh, and also you can find my articles on MTG Goldfish every Wednesday and every Friday uh, for This Week in Legacy and Vintage 101. Uh, and you can also find the cast at the Astrolab cast on Twitter and also on yeah, email through the Astrolab podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you have feedback or Sweet. if you want to tell us you know, how much we suck, uh, you know, sure, go right for it. We already know how much we suck, so it's okay. You know, uh, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I, I'm not. I'm not a good magic player. I know that already. <laughs> like, like you know, bring me some strong takes if you're really going to yeah. go there, or if you're like, hey man, I really like the D and D set too. You know, tell us that. You know, what whatever. But you know, if you uh, really like heck, sharks, com- reach out. Yeah, come at us with your your Carl memes <laughs> from The Walking Dead. Oh uh, yeah. So anyways. Uh, I think we're going to get out of here. Uh, so everybody have a great night. Stay safe. Be good. Uh, do all those things. And please don't ban us. We don't like that. Oh, man, a natural one. Oh, crap. Critical failure.